Welcome to episode 137 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. From Rosemont, Illinois. Hey! If you're listening to this, it's like the day before you travel, or, or some of you might be on the road like we are, right now. Not right now, but like by the time you hear this, it'll be right now. We're recording in the past, which is the only way to record something because it's not live. Right, but you're listening to us in the present where we're traveling. Which is the only way to listen to us because you can't listen to us in the past. You would have listened to us. Right. Something right. like that. I <laughs> I am Scott Prime, and with me as always is Steve Kilowagi Campbell. How's it going, sir? It has been a um, busy, busy couple of weeks, and it doesn't come down until maybe after Chaos Cup. Yeah, life is not going to calm down for a while. No. Just that's how it is. I got I, mean, I got personal stuff. I got hopefully new job stuff. Well, definite new job stuff. And then hopefully new new job stuff. And then yeah. this trip to Chaos Cup. And then hopefully a trip to US Open, even though I don't know if that'll happen. Blah, 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 blah. And then we gotta got to fit you. in some Dungeon Bowl. Yeah. And we got to fit in some more podcast recording. And we got like tournaments to run and. Nuffleween is official. Not officially official yet. I need you to bug Nate Beam about that. Oh, did he not approve the. It's not been approved yet. Okay. Since you were chatting with him, I figure you can tap him on the shoulder. Okay. I will uh, try to do that. But yeah, we got our Nuffleween coming up. We got Chaos Cup, US Open, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What else do you want? Um, yeah, we, I mean, you're going to hear about it all in this podcast and we probably should just get right to it because we got a lot going on, but we're going to be talking about, um, I don't remember the order that we're doing this in. What's the order? Is it Lovick first? Most likely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, it's going to so be our, Mat- our... talking about Matador Melee and how our trip went there. And then we're going to talk about Jim Luft and the U.S. Open. Yep. Okay. And then we're going to talk about some Chaos Cup. And um, that one might be a little short because we're going to go into more details on the way, on the next one, most likely. Yeah, but we never do anything really short. And then, <sighs> of course, midgets. we're going to talk about some shout outs. And really, we hope that we just kind of entertain you on your trip to Chaos Cup. And for those that aren't going to Chaos Cup, we still entertain you. And maybe you can. Um, I don't know, I guess live vicariously through us because we do all this Blood Bowl stuff as a both down family. And, and um, uh, speaking of entertaining you, we do take bribes. So if you would like us to hear you, if you would like us to serenade you to where you can listen to us sing Let Us Entertain You, there's a lot of us's there. Well, the saying really is you thing. can pay us to sing a song. Really? I'm, we're dude, we're I'm, doing this? I'm cheap. Oh, okay. I need money. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> My GoFundMe will be up shortly. Of GoFund Steve, help him get out of the hell that he's dug himself into. If you want to find out more about that hell, you can ask Steve <laughs> at Chaos Cup because we're not gonna get into Please it. Please do podcast. not. <laughs> I'm getting away to Chaos Cup for a reason. I am. Um, well, let's not even talk about that anymore. Right. I, I want to first talk about. 
the the Lubbock trip and going into uh, you know into the desert of the Texas Panhandle, and then we'll come back and talk all about the other stuff. So let's just let's just get to Lubbock, Steve. You ready? That you ready sounds good. All right, get on the road. We'll be right back with Matador Melee Three. All right, we're going to talk about our trip to Lubbock, Texas and Matador Melee 3. And as always, we usually detail every part of our trip from the time we leave to every little store and nook and cranny that we eat at. Sometimes, and yeah. some of our adventures. And sometimes that drives people nuts. And other times people like it. So, And this time uh, we actually went separately. So my adventure down there was with... Matt and Matt Strickland and Ben Burns, local guys. And it was a lot of fun, but we also left at six o'clock on a Friday. So our trip down was basically stopping at a Brahms and having dinner. You stopped at a small town Brahms, right? Small town, middle of nowhere. I, I did Waves or Waze, you know, Waze. Uh-huh. The, uh, the app. driving app. Yeah. Uh-huh. And normally I do that and it's awesome. It's usually much better than everything else. And while I don't doubt it saved time, it took us through like little podunk towns instead of just taking the straight highway. And it probably would have been faster if we just did the highway because you can more easily speed without having to worry about getting pulled over by, you know, Buford (laughs) T. Justice. Right. (laughs) Um, Our trip was a little bit uh, more interesting than yours. We, um, me and Jennifer left that morning after we dropped the kids off at school. Um, we were ready just to get the hell out of Dodge and maybe hit a few comic book stores and take our time getting there. So we left uh, more that morning. We went through Lawton. We went to Wichita Falls first, was like the big major city outside of uh, Oklahoma. And uh, we hit, in Wichita Falls, Texas, we hit a couple of comic stores. There was more, but we hit, the two that we hit was uh, Galaxy Books and Comics. And they had a bunch of, they had games, they had comics, they had something I've never seen before. In their back issues, bear with me now, if you ever seen like one of those machines that seals things in plastic, do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. you, it has like the hot hot press, so it melts the plastic that seals the item. Mm-hmm. All their comics in the back issues were bagged that way. Now we bought back issues. And we didn't realize until we got to the Airbnb in Lubbock when we started to like, let's look at our treasures. And we started to like, there's no tape on these things. There's nothing. These things are sealed. Every one of them was sealed with the business card of Galaxy Books and Comics. And they were just sealed plastic bags. So whoever came up with this, one probably got tired of people like changing prices on books or something like that. Uh, he included his card, so you always had a card that you knew where you were getting the comic from. And I bet they, too, right? I bet they do a lot of mail order. Maybe so. That would and make sense, and you can also hold a lot more comics in if they're all shrink wrapped. So isn't that weird though? Like it, it yeah, is shrink wrapped. I've um, never, I've <laughs> never heard of that. But if they are doing mail order where you have all the business cards in there, it makes a lot of sense. At this shop, I saw something I've never seen before, and. <laughs> Little, like, six-year-old Scott would have lost his mind. So back when I was a child, and you were a child, 
There was a Sears exclusive Snaggletooth Star Wars action figure that came in the Sears catalog that you could order from the Sears catalog. And he was in the blue uniform and he was a bit taller. And um, this guy had one for sale. And I believe he was asking, I think, $400 for it. <laughs> and I wanted just to get it out and pose it. And I mean, not that there's much posing to do, but I just wanted to play with it for about 15 seconds. Yeah. Just to, to make the inner child of me so happy. I wanted that figure so bad as a kid. And um, I finally saw one in real life. So I know that they exist. And I'm pretty sure that we had that as a kid. Y'all did? Y'all are lucky. I'm pretty sure because we also had it. If I remember correctly, it came with the Cantina Adventures set. It came with the Cantina Adventures set. From the Sears catalog, like he okay. was the exclusive figure. And that's with typically, the I know that we had the Cantina set, and we typically got stuff out of the Sears catalog. Wow, there you go. So man. you were lucky. Yeah, you, know, you say that, but I don't have it now. <laughs> Still, at one point, you probably got to play with, it, or Greg did, your brother. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> um. Anyways, they had a lot of cool stuff. I found some. I have like a little treasure list of comics and a few back issues. And I got to mark off like four or five of those off my list. Um, you know, the series exclusive thing I never had that I always wanted. What's that? The red Cobra, his tank. I faintly remember that. And yeah, I'd never seen one of those in real life either. Me so. neither. I've seen the reproductions. I haven't seen the original. Right. Um, after that, we were talking to the guy, he cut me a deal on this board game, <laughs> Uh, and I was very happy to, uh, we, I kind of bargained with him and stuff. So that uh, made me feel like a man, you know, cause I got to barter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, he told us about another place cause we were like, is there something close? We just want to, we're driving through. We want to see a place that, you know, go to another place. And he's, he's told us about collector's den and, um, it was a really cool store that had a lot of stuff, but it had a lot of stuff out of order. Mm. <laughs> like you just needed a whole day to really probably appreciate the place we still found a few books and here and there but uh we didn't have you know four hours to dig through comics or anything like that so yeah anyways both shops if you're in that area you're in wichita falls texas hit both those shops highly recommended uh then we had from wichita falls to lubbock i believe about two to closer to three hours of nothing mm-hmm that's not Texas. even you got to eat at a Brahms. There was nothing. There was church, little tiny churches, like something you would see out of the preacher show. And um, there was schools and that's it. Just little tiny towns that really didn't even have gas stations and stuff. So it was really strange and weird. We saw airplanes flying in the middle of the, what I call the uh, West Texas desert. Um they were just little tiny planes going back and forth, doing circles. And then we ran into what was called the airfield out there, which was just somebody's field. It didn't even have a runway or nothing. I mean, it had a field runway, not a paved runway. Yeah. So anyways, that was interesting. Uh, we got to Lubbock. We checked into our Airbnb. And then we ran to another, a few more comic stores in Lubbock. And I'll knock those out real quick. We hit a Star Comics. Nice little shop. We Found some items there, and then we Did went they have to Heathcliff. They have Heathcliff comics. Because uh, remember, Star Comics was the Marvel imprint oh, that did Heathcliff. And Alf. no, but they did. They did have Top Dog comics there, so <laughs> I, I did see those. And it was the reproduction of the uh, 
Old Star Comics, Top Dog, and uh, Ewoks, huh. and Droid Comics. So okay. they did have some of those. So uh, Then we went to Monster Lair Comics, and they had um, Sam De La Rosa, the you know, inker and stuff from that worked on Venom and Marvel and all that uh, way back in the day. He was there signing autographs. and um, That's interesting. Just randomly? Yeah, he, on a yeah, Friday? Yeah, we walked in there. Yeah, on a Friday. We were in there Friday, and they're like, oh, we have Sam De La Rosa back here signing books. And he would sign books for like $10 per item. And then he also sold his own t- <laughs> tickets of authenticity, which was really funny. <laughs> so he was, uh, yeah, trying to cash in on his fame and make some money for himself. Which Did you I get don't anything? Oh, no, I didn't get anything. I, that's like the third or fourth time I've seen him. And oh, okay. like, while I respect and appreciate his uh, his Tenacity. craft, he was never one of my guys way back when. So I wasn't going to make a big deal just because I saw him. I don't get starstruck real easy. So I just thought it was cool that he was there. So I would never have any clue who he was or what he did. Oh, he's a Marvel anchor and stuff. Worked on a lot of books. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I had a lot of them, but I would never have retained that knowledge oh okay um what else did we do we we ended up trying to go to a chicken place called dirk's famous chicken and the line was so long and the food looked like it was just like kane's chicken so we just decided to not wait in a long line just to get fried food and i think we ended up at like um what's the taco place Not, not velvet taco the other one Torchy's Taco. Torchy's, they had a Torchy's okay. Taco. It was like a college campus area, so yeah. we just had Torchy's Taco. We were starving by that point. So, did you want to get we, into the uh, free gift that was left behind at the? Airbnb? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get into okay. that. So uh, after we ate, we were at the hotel. Maybe this was before, not the hotel, the Airbnb. We we were gonna get a hotel, but it happened to be the first uh, college game day for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who were also in the middle of Lubbock, Texas or Texas Lawton, as I like to call it. <laughs> if you know Lawton in Oklahoma, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so they had their first college football game that weekend. It was also Labor Day weekend, and we looked into hotels because, you know, being Jennifer away from the kids, why not get our own room and everything else? Well, the hotels were quite expensive, and we ended up asking you guys who were coming down, like, you just want to share an Airbnb because my pocketbook's winning out over <laughs> the need for super privacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got an, a fairly nice little Airbnb. It wasn't too terrible, but I really think somebody lived in there until somebody books the Airbnb and then they leave for like two days. They had a lot of free snacks. They had a lot of food, period, in there. Um. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It was not terrible. The beds, the beds were awful. I think we all agree with that. Steve won the lottery by uh, getting the couches. Couch was awesome. Um, so Jennifer, being Jennifer, likes to look around and see what's there. So she was looking through the kitchen and was like, "Oh, there's like ten boxes of cereal here." And then she went to one closet, and there we found an unopened package of fishnet. A body fishnet suit for a woman, or I guess a guy could wear it. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't think you had to be specific, specific on that one. <laughs> well, you never know. Well. Uh, anyways, it was uh, like something that you would get from a Christie's toy box around here or an adult Adam know, and shop. Eve, I guess. Hustlers. Yeah, Adam and Eve, something like that. 
So I said, oh, we're going to use this. And at first she was like, no, there's no way we're going to do that. And then I kind of posted about it on Facebook because I knew that would motivate her to like say, screw it, let's use it. <laughs> and and uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess uh, someone who shall remain nameless, yet he knows the shame that he almost brought upon us. Matt Strickland. At, uh, Matt Strickland. Uh, posted basically like you wouldn't wear that Scott ha 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 and we'll I see if you answer the front door with that or something right like that. and I know you well enough like that was enough to set you off and go I'm going to answer the front door in this no question oh for sure <laughs> and I told him um, okay you're opening the front door not us you well, you even texted me when you said like we're getting close <laughs> I, I did you knew what I was going to do you knew me. And what was funny is, is we partaked in using the little said costume and it actually fit Jennifer really well. And I was like, well, you're going to have to decide if you want to keep it or if I'm going to destroy it by putting it on and answering the door in, in this net stocking bodysuit thing for Matt Strickland, because he's already called me on this and I have to do it. All right, of course. And uh, she's like, I actually kind of like it. And I was like, well, then we'll just keep it. We won't destroy it. So I, while I appreciate you warning me, like, hey, we're almost there. I'm sorry I wasn't there waiting in the near nude for no, you. No, I'm perfectly fine with that. I was not looking forward to that myself. <laughs> Matt didn't understand who he was messing with, did he? No. no I know. <laughs> I know. I, I'm aware. I've, I've seen parts of your body more times than I care to. We laughed because as soon as Matt posted that, Jennifer said something about it. And then she's like, you know, Steve knows you're going to do it, right? And I was like, yeah, Steve <laughs> knows me. <laughs> All right. So then uh, you guys got there. We hung out for, what, 30 minutes or something? Something, if that. Yeah, because it was already like 1130 or something like that. So, And then we um, heard the horror story of the living hot water heater, I guess. Oh, yeah, so... Because that was weird. This place yeah. was nice. It was a small three-bedroom house. Uh, had a really fancy couch, very comfortable. All, all three rooms had beds. Um, and it, everything looked renovated recently, but not to the best of standards because they didn't bother putting in the right electrical outlet for the fridge. They just ran the wire around to the other side, I guess. <laughs> right. That was kind of odd. But yeah, Scott's like, oh, by the way, the water heater makes kind of a weird noise. Well, here's the deal. We took showers and we really contemplated, like, I didn't think this is what it was. But at one point I was like, maybe there's an animal up in the attic <laughs> and it's moving around and we're going to have to deal with this all night. And I don't want to have to deal with this all night. And then we finally figured out it was the water heater yeah it was special the shower was weird too because i've never been in like a waterfall shower mm -hmm. where it's like somebody's constantly pouring a craft of like water on you at the same time it's there's like this panel of all these like raindrops dripping on you as well it mm -hmm. was just odd and there was no door on the shower yeah it was it was it was an interesting place Overall, nice, but that's what you get with Airbnbs. Sometimes great, sometimes bad, sometimes you don't really know. For what we all paid, 
a piece yeah. to share that place for two days, it was fine. The beds really sucked if you're a fat-ass person and you're sharing that bed with somebody else. So, anyway. Um, next morning, we got up. We had some breakfast. We didn't eat anything fancy. We, we went to had, Rudy's Barbecue. Yeah, we had, well, for those people who've been to Oklahoma Bowl, uh, Rudy's are all over Texas as well. So, we went to there and had some barbecue tacos or meat tacos or however you want to put yeah, it. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, probably the best thing that Rudy serves, if you ask me. Um, well, then what did you do after that? We just actually went over to the shop, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So you want to get into that? We're, we're all playing. Then took, um, he took corn. Matt took, I uh, believe it was orcs. Yep, he did. Regular orcs. You took Skaven. Yep. And I took Nobility. Do you remember what your roster was, or did we talk about this last episode? Um, I'll go ahead and run through it real quick, since I have it in front of me, like someone who's okay. actually prepared. Well, uh, I, mine's called, pull it up right now. So. Well, no, I'm just like randomly actually had it for once. Oh, I okay. took a rat ogre, took guard on him, thrower, two of them, one with leader, two blitzers, one with tackle, two gutter runners with block, two gutter runners with wrestle, line rat with dirty player, two other line rats, so I had one bench guy and two rerolls. Hmm. Trying to call mine out. Okay. So this was uh, Lubbock, Texas, put on by you want to... Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, okay. put on by John Spurgeon, My... Dustin Parsons. It's a great event. It's their, what you say, third one? It is their third one. We, we went to the very first one. Both went to the first one. You went to the last one, right? No, I did not. Okay, we missed we... it. Was that like last year? Yeah. Maybe it was like for because I was at band or something. But anyways, we missed the second one. Okay, so my team, real quick. Uh, I'm playing uh, Nobility. I took uh, two Noble Blitzers. One of them has Dirty Player and Sneaky Git. Uh, the other Blitzer has Dodge Surehands. I had three bodyguards, two guards, one tackle. I had an Imperial Thrower with leader. And uh, then I had, let's see, six Imperial linemen and an Ogre. I had uh, one reroll, and I I stacked my dedicated fans because there was a ward here for the most fans at the end of the game mm-hmm. or at the end of the tournament. And so I the most you can buy six, so I went ahead and bought uh, five more fans. To give me a total of six. Yeah, I almost went that route just to focus on something for the tournament. However, uh, Dustin had painted up my second edition Skaven, and I just got those back, and I'm like, I'm going to play those because I really like them. Dude, I love how those look. Oh, they so, look great. I don't blame you for that. Like one, bit, one drop at all. Yeah. So. And I hadn't played um, Skaven in a while. They're a fun team. Um. Um, so real quick, yeah. my team, um, I keep getting like episodes mi- mixed up, so I don't know if we talked about this last episode or not. I'll just run through it quick. This could be someone's first episode. You never know. That's true. So way back when at one of the early cast cups, I won the legacy team and I named them the Palantine or Palantine monarchs. They were a Nurgle team, the whole fluff behind them. Uh, you know, I named Everybody who painted a model, I kind of named that model a little bit after them in some way, shape, or form. So the whole story behind 
the the Palatine monarchs was is it was a kingdom that treated everybody cruel and they were cursed by this like old witch or something and finally like eon you know centuries later the kingdom all gets you know gets decayed from nurgle and the rest is history they become like a nurgle team of this royalty family so i was struggling for a nobility name and i thought why couldn't the no the nobles i want to play also be the palatine monarchs just before they became you know consumed by nurgle so therefore my team is still named after a lot of those people who painted miniatures and stuff like that so it's kind of like uh you know my fluff before <laughs> this is like the palatine team you know a hundred years ago or something like that type deal or yeah. 50 years ago or something anyways there's a connection now between my nurgle team and my uh human nobility team so that's kind of the fun or how i warped everything to kind of make it fun and made me care a lot more for the team i mean it definitely works yeah so anyways i just thought i'd get that out there i know i've explained uh my theme to so many people i can't i can't remember if we did it on here or not so anyways all right we want to go round by round steve sure i'll go first okay uh, my first matchup was against orcs um matt strickland no uh, Jeff B. And yeah. he had... I thought I had rosters from everybody, but I don't. But he had four biggins, two with, three with guard, one had fan favorite to help with the kickoff results. Then his blitzers, three with block, thrower with pass, sure hands, and a couple of linemen, three re-rolls. And it, it's freaking orcs. I mean, I'm Skaven going up against big strength. It doesn't usually work out too well. I was able to pull out a 1-1 one, one tie. I was happy with it. I did realize that um, having guard on the big guy is actually something I enjoy. So, Really? That Even worked. with the frenzy? Even with the frenzy, because it actually came in handy and allowed me to get into position sometimes. It definitely meant I had to pay attention to what I was doing. But hmm. I, I found it enjoyable. Well, that's good. Um, my first round matchup was against, and I had it called up here. It was against a gentleman named, oh, I have so many little windows up here. Uh, technology getting the better of Scott. Episode. <laughs> Scott's life. Yeah. Uh, round one, I, I versed a lizard man team, uh, Matt Morrow. I believe I played him the very first uh, Matador Melee. Really nice guy. He's a local I don't even know if he plays in their league, but he likes to support their tournaments and comes out. He had a beautiful painted Lizardman team uh, with the new GW models and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, he won the kickoff. First two blocks, he casualty two of my guys. <laughs> this is why I had 13 people, right? So before I ever had a turn, I had I was down nine guys to 11, and they were Lizards. Um, but it... <laughs> Instead of getting super frustrated, which is I was about to tilt, I tried to remain calm. And at this point, I'm thinking, I cannot foul now like I wanted to with my blitzer. So he missed picked up the ball. He didn't pick up the ball with his skink. And uh, so I ran some people around the edges thinking like, well, if he fumbles it again, maybe I'll have a chance because I got nothing to lose now. I'm down nine men. This guy's going to grind me if I don't do something crazy now before he cages all up. Um, sure enough, 
he did not pick up the ball again, and he even re-rolled it again. And that allowed his skink to be next to the ball, and I had two people just steps away from them. Um, I blitzed his skink, but I didn't knock it down at all. So I was forced to go pick up the ball in a tackle zone, dodge out of the tackle zone, and then do two rushes to get into the end zone to score. So even though I was down nine men to 11, I went up after like three, let's see, one, two, yeah, three plays, I guess, two plays. I was up one to nothing. (laughs) I mean, that Uh, works. um, So I took my two guys that I had on the bench and put them out in the field. And I'm happy to say those are the only casualties I got for the rest of the game. Uh, near halftime, it was two to one me. Um, and then the second half, I got the ball. So I scored. It was three to one. I kicked it off back to him late, but he's so fast. He managed to score to make it three to two. So very happy to get a win against the Lizardman team. To be honest, he had some of these, um, I think they're Charlie Vector um, products where they're skill rings. Yeah that had like two skills on them. So it was like mighty blow tackle. So it was like a red blending into an orange ring. And I don't know if he picked his skills based off those rings he had. Uh, a lot of times when you see lizard men, you see like a block spammed out on them. And then what's not spammed out on those, you see guard. He had like guys that had block guard together. He had two guys with block guard each. And then he had a guy with uh tackle mighty blow. So therefore while there was a lizard man team, they didn't have a bunch of skills spread out everywhere. So if I could knock down like a guard block guy, that really helps me a lot. So that makes sense. I'm just saying it's not the most optimal lizard man team traditionally. So, but I, he ended up, he ended up, I, I believe finishing second. So it obviously worked really well for him. So, um, round two, Steve, who'd you face? So my round two went up against Adam K and his undead team and undead versus Skaven. I was holding my own first half and then second half comes and he destroys me. That's pit. I mean, that's just how it works. I can hold my own for a while, but I ended up losing two to one and it's been a while since it happened. So I don't remember any details of the game. Okay, so you had to place orcs <laughs> and undead your first two rounds. Not the ideal matchups. Not, not particularly. No. Um, I will say I feel like for the teams that were there, I got matched up to people like once I got past the lizards, I got matched up against people that like you would think nobility could like hold their own against. I round two, I placed played a guy named Jake. He was a local guy from the area. He was playing Wood Elves, and this was just one of those deals where I got casualties on him. I fouled a lot. I never got called. I believe by the time I finally scored, I think I had him down. I think there was five guys in his casualty box, and he only had 11 players. Um, The first guy I played also had 11 players, and when I got – I did manage to, like, get two casualties against him in that first game. So when you get people down on men, that's a, a giant advantage in Blood Bowl, as we all know. And this is why I'm too scared to ever take a 11-man roster. 
Um, so I ended up winning two to nothing. Um, I had four actual casualties from blocking, and then I had a few more from kicking people. So that helped me out tr tremendously. Yeah, I was doing a lot of fouling, and my first game, I think I fouled four times and didn't get caught, and my opponent fouled once and got caught. <laughs> so he kind of stopped doing that. I eventually got caught in this game with my, my uh, blitz, but it, it was late, so it didn't hurt me too bad. Yeah. Uh, we had lunch. Um, me and Jennifer, I think, Calzones from one of the local places. Uh, one guy from Italy. Mm -hmm. It was really good. as recommended by one of my, uh, my bosses from where I work. Mm -hmm. And then you guys went to... Yeah, we went. We went to. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go? Yeah, we went to get crappy food at Whataburger. Yeah, there was a little bit of miscommunication. Mm -hmm. There might have been. Jennifer asked the boys if they wanted calzone <laughs> from this place. And she, Matt said they're getting something else. And she took that to mean Steve as well, since they rode together. So there was a, Steve loves pizza mm -hmm. <laughs> and calzones. Mm -hmm. And uh, he missed out on a good one. So yeah, yeah, I had, I had Whataburger. World and, famous Arby's. And I think it might have been the same one, too. Um, and to show how my day was going, when we had Rudy's, I ordered third, and I think I got mine eighth, including <laughs> yes. like four people passed when our group ended, and I didn't get anything weird, so no, no. idea why. Um, and then Whataburger, I got just like a chicken strip basket or something. And I was the last one to get it after like a couple other people after the other guys. I was just like, uh, okay, well, whatever. So I'm like, let's just go back and I'm sure my luck will change and I'll get a team. Now that I'm one win, I mean, one tie and one loss, then surely I'll be playing a better team or a lesser coach or, you know, something more beneficial to me. I did end up playing one of the newbies, so that was nice. Greg uh, R., um, he was playing Undead, though. So your second Undead for the day. Mm hmm Okay. Yeah. Now, the good part about this, and no offense to him, he's a good coach. He's definitely learning. When he first set up, he put a couple of ghouls on the line as I was receiving the ball. And I'm like, and push them out of bounds. I'm like, I don't want to be rude, but are you new? He goes, Yeah, kind of. I'm like, Can I give you some hints or some help? I'm like, I'm going to hit those guys and I'm going to foul them because I have a dedicated fouler. So you probably do not want to put them on the pitch. Oh, that like, was right really up nice on the line. Me. Plus, I have frenzy people. So you probably don't want to put them too away from the sidelines. And he at least did not put people on the line for me to kill that I wanted to. But he still left people on the sidelines too much, and I served a lot of his people. I think that's just kind of a trial by fire thing that you learn. It is. It's one of those things that I think after that he's going to learn. But, you know, I've, I had to take advantage of it where I could, and I was able to get some good hits and, you know, get people out. And that helped me have numbers on him. But still, at the end, it wasn't. It was still close. I won three to two. 
Okay. But hey, you gotta win. I even got like a lucky kickoff result where the ball went right to me, or it went to the his sideline, and I got a blitz, so I was pretty much right underneath the ball. I was able to get behind him and all this, so he would still beat me up. It still wasn't a you know a runaway win, but it was a win, so I'll take it. Nice. Now I'm one one one. That's pretty good. You you've lost to an undead team. Now you beat an undead team. So mm-hmm. things are turning around. Uh, round three, I played John Spurgeon. He was on the top table with his dark elves. Uh, again, he had exactly eleven people. Uh, I believe I. Boy, I can't remember. I'm pretty sh- sure I got the kickoff on this one. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I got the kickoff on this one. This is, this is where the Fowler really came into. Yeah. Uh, uh, he had some, he had some blodging people, uh, two linemen. He also had some, uh, blodging blitzers, if I remember correctly. And he had a, a witch elf as well as block. When I did knock some of them down, I used those group fouls and I was, peeling people off the pitch. I don't remember how many casualties I ended up getting, but I know at least by halftime, at least both blodgers were off the pitch, maybe even more. But I, I mean, I, I just had numbers on him and, um, Oh, and for anyone, like- anyone curious why we both have people dedicated to fouling, not only is, you know, it really good. Um, any casualty caused by a foul made your fan factor go up or yeah if you uh, push somebody yeah it's it's supposed to like show off the like rowdy fans like at the texas tech football games and if you like crowd surf somebody and you got a casualty that way it also helped your fan factor go up and stuff so yeah you dedicated fans that's what it is i'm sorry you're dedicated fans. yeah um i really thought i had enough people knocked off a john the pitch for john that I had him down to I think maybe six guys uh, during the uh, the end of the first half, and that guy managed to maneuver and position his guys, which forced me to do two go forwards to score. So he he played really well. Um, second half, he got the ball and he was determined. He's like, one of us is going to win this game because I don't <laughs> I can't afford to have another tie. He had a tie at this point. Yeah. Uh, he goes, I can't afford to have a tie to be in the top table. So we're going to see what happens. And he, he got aggressive. I uh, ended up getting the ball back. I stalled it, grind it down, kept, kept fouling, kept fouling, kept fouling. And I ended up winning the game two to nothing. Um, I told John this at the, at the time, and I don't know if he really believes me, but there's like a small handful of coaches that when I play them, I don't think they're doing this, or if they are, they're not ever going to tell me. But I feel like with every time I touch a miniature and move it, they go, oh, that's really stupid. <laughs> or they're like judging me like, "Why? What the, what the hell is he doing that? Like, that's the dumbest like, move huh, ever. So That's I, interesting. I'm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Drew Bucciacone is one of those people. Brian, too, is one of those people. There's a few others. And John Spurgeon is one of those people that every time I move, I think, oh, God, did I just think this is the stupidest move ever. And I don't know why that is. Um, but anyways, I, it was an honor to beat John because I always feel like he's a great coach. And uh, we always have tight games like that. So uh, it was a brain burner. I won. 
three to nothing. Again, I played a team that just had 11 people. So getting a few of them off the pitch was really, really helpful. Yeah. That was the first time I heard of a ground blitz. Hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And (laughs) Dustin was watching our game. And they were talking about a foul being your ground blitz because you get to run over there, kick them, and keep moving. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. If you have the so, right skill now, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. I, I'd never heard that term before. So, so at this point, we are uh, three rounds into it. You're one, one, and one, and I'm three and zero. Oh. Yeah, and being one, one, and one, uh, Matt Strickland was also one, one, and one. I was like, I bet we play each other, but he's orc, so I'm like, I don't really want to play another orc team. And then okay, I found so... out that I didn't play him. I was like, sweet. So I got to play Joshua A. And uh, he had another undead team. Wow. Works in three undead teams. It was not a good day for matchups for me. It was so frustrating. Um, on this one, it was just such a back and forth, random game. Um, I ended up losing three to two. And a lot of that is just because he was peeling my people off. So, those are bad matchups for Skaven. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, if I can get by you and stay alive, great. But it's not easy when they don't give me a lane and they're just there beating the crap out of me. Um. So you ended up losing. Yeah. So I ended okay. ended up the day one win, one tie, two losses. Okay. Uh, I played a gentleman named Thomason. I believe he's a local guy. He had another. He had an Ort team as well. He came into the game with two wins and a tie. And um, I knew, like, if we could just tie each other, I think I could squeeze out the victory due to tiebreakers. Yeah, because you were the only undefeated up until then. So right, and I had I had him on some other bonus points and stuff like that. So he gets the the ball. And for, right from the beginning, his team's tough. It's got the biggins. It's got guard everywhere. It has everybody except for just, I think, one guy or something had block. It was just a tough team. Uh, but he had exactly 11 guys. So what I'm seeing in the newest kind of 2020 stuff of this year, it seems like people are taking electing to take three or four re-rolls yeah. Instead of having one bench player or the, something like that. Now, rerolls seem to be more prevalent. I think a lot of that is because you can use them more than once a turn. Right. Um, I agree. I think that's probably the new thought is, is like I, these are, could be more valuable if I have a need a whole bunch of them in one turn. Um, he did have an apothecary, so he could have chose to have an orc lineman um, right off the bat i believe it was turn one or two i hit his guy i fouled his guy i casualtyed his guy Jeez. um he chose to use the apothecary and it was unsuccessful what well this, wait what position uh what do you mean what Which, position what did, was the player i believe it was a black orc okay that makes sense then yeah 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 but he yeah, wasn't, wasn't able to come back i mean he had he had four black orcs. He had four biggins. I think he had like black orcs, a, gob- biggins. a goblin. I'm sorry, a biggins, four blitzers. I believe he had a couple linemen and, okay. a, and a goblin. Anyways, whatever he could get to that. He didn't have a troll. I know that. Um, 
anyways, he chose to, this is one of those deals. I'm a, I'm don't know if he's new or not, but like we had to like double check with the uh, TO about how the uh, apothecary worked. And I didn't want to be the guy that said like, I said, just ask the TO because I didn't want to go like, no, it didn't work. <laughs> Even though I kind of knew that it didn't when we rerolled it. Yeah. Uh, so he got, he got the answer he didn't want to hear. And I was happy to hear that answer. And so I had him down on men, which was good because he only has the pin. And then I just stayed in front of him and he kept beating me up and breaking armor and stunning people. And I managed to like fend him off. And I actually had an opportunity to throw a long bomb for a, a score in the first half, but I failed. So it's zero, zero at halftime. Um, by this point, I have fouled off like two more guys mm-hmm. and they, they stayed KO'd, which was giant. So I started the next half up people. And then by the time we ended the game, I think he had like four or five orcs left on the pitch and not all of them were casualties. Most of them were uh, KOs because I just kept fouling and fouling and fouling and fouling. And then I just sat on the goal line until it was time to run in. And I won one to nothing. And I'm proud to say I won Matador Melee. I Congratulations. I never, I honest to God, never thought I would win a tournament in the current age of Blood Bowl of the 2020 rules. So if we look back on your win, you did take down a couple of very strong teams. And... It sounds like you did that through the process of fouling and just beating the crap out of them. Yeah. So normally I wouldn't have took a fouler, but I wanted to, you know, Dean talked about how like high elves are great. The high elf catchers are great because they can take sneaky, getting dirty player. I've never done that before. And since my theme was the old corrupt kingdom that gets infected with neural, um, I took one of my guys to be that type of a player. It's really strong, man. I don't know if I, while I used it, I don't know if I like like it. I mean, fouling's such a huge, huge deal in Blood Bowl now. It really is. It's it's ridiculous going up, fouling somebody. Oh, not you know, I didn't break the armor, so I'm not caught. And then you keep moving to get yourself into another position. It's just I don't know. It seemed at times like just absurd. Do you think that's the main reason you won then? Fouling? Yes. Uh, Is it at least a a large portion of what got you there? Yes and no. Um, I really feel like this weekend I was super focused on all my games, and I I can't say that all the time. I think I played actually really, really well um, instead of like, Going for things like during that orc thing, you know how they always say, stay in front of like a dwarf team, just stay in Mm -hmm. front of them, just stay in front of them, wait for them to make a mistake. There was a few opportunities where, like, you could dodge into that cage, you just need a five or six. You know, I didn't take the chance, probably because I only had one reroll and a leader, so I knew I didn't have a lot of rerolls to mess with. So, I honestly Honest to God, think I played four really smart games, which is really rare for me. Really four smart games. Maybe it's maybe it's because we have a league now with like some really good coaches. I so, don't know. So here's my question to determine how well you played. But but I will say the Fowler was tremendously helpful for sure. Okay. How many times did you go through it go for it during the tournament? Hmm. 
Um, regular amount, less amount, more. Because I have the feeling, like anytime we've played, that you go for it too much. Um, and I've noticed that I tend to be a better player when I don't go for it as much. I would see, I know I uh, sometimes risk it for the biscuit on going for it too much. I would say this weekend, besides those first couple of plays against the Lizardman team, there were situations where I did not go for it maybe as often as I normally would have. Okay. And again, <laughs> there was times where I sat there and thought about stuff and I felt like I was annoy- annoying John <laughs> because I think that he's judging me when she's not. And, you know, just overthinking, like, do I really want to go for this or do I not? So maybe I didn't go for it as much. Yeah. Now, I, I did those first two couple plays against the Lizardmen because I just went all out and sprinted guys back there so that might have been some of it i do think i didn't crumble in situations where it felt hopeless and uh just kept trying to do the right things be calm see if somebody else makes mistakes right and um and it, and it happened i mean like the orc team was out of re-rolls by i think turn two or three in the second half um because you know he had the kickoff i stopped him I had the kickoff, and then I was, you know, I don't think I'm a terrible cager. I think I've learned to expand the cage not so tight and have a loose cage, mm-hmm. which is effective, especially with orcs. And I think there was a few times he took some chances, and it, you know, which is what Blood Bowl's all about, right? You set people up to hopefully fail. Yeah, of course. So, so I think it's a little bit of, uh, you know, any Blood Bowl tournament, whether there's eight people there or 152 people there, if mm-hmm. you win it, you you get lucky in some situations. Of so. course. So what's the rundown of what? who else got what? Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I just had that up, and I have to pull that back up. Yeah, it was sent to you, so. No, I know. I'm pulling it back up. I, I... Oh, gosh, get out of here. Uh, so first place was Scott Prime, 4-0. <clears throat> the runner-up was Matt Morrow with the Lizard Band team. Is that the one you played uh, against? Uh-huh, the first round. Okay. So I assume he must have ran the table because there was some other, you know, two wins and like one, like the guy beating the top table, it finished up two, one, and one. So <clears throat> I'm assuming Matt Morrow at least had that record, if not three and one at that point. Yeah. Uh, best painted went to Corey Avon with his Norse team, I believe. Uh, he's from the Abilene area. Uh, best sport went to Matt Strickland. Most casualties went to Ben Burns and his corn team, which I was really proud yeah, of him because I don't know if my experience with corn not too long ago was awful. Uh, best offense or most touchdowns, I don't know what they officially call it, went to Steve Campbell. Yep, got something. So all four guys from Oklahoma got four awards, which was really awesome. Uh, best defense went to uh, Thomason, the guy I played in the final round. And then a fan favorite, which really was the award I was going for, but uh, trust me, I'm happily take first. Uh, Went to uh, Jake Cottrell, the Wood Elf guy that I played. So he got the fan favorite. He's from the Lubbock area. And then Dustin the Wind, which was the last play, went to uh, Greg Regan. He played one of the M-Dead teams that you played. Mm -hmm. So that's how the, uh, the awards went down. Um, if we didn't mention, we played at Stormcrow Games in Lubbock, 
if you are a Warhammer or any type of miniature gamer whatsoever, they have everything there. It's a really nice store. Including a lot of space. And if you're one of those guys that has an army but doesn't have terrain to go in there and play Warhammer, they have a ton of terrain there. I mean, just tons of it. Was it you who almost took out someone's collection? No, it was not me. I was walking with someone, and we were walking up to the front, and um, someone had one of those magnetic cases with the trays that you pull out, and they left it out. And the person I was walking with hit the the tray that was out, and luckily hit it at such an angle that just kind of pushed it back in instead of just twisted it around and sent everything flying. But it oh, was crap! Now yeah. I wonder if that was me. It was one of those moments, like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. That, I thought but... it was you, but it <clears throat> might not have been. Just keep, just keep the, track the of your stuff. The day itself felt really long. What's that? For anyone playing, just keep track of your stuff so that people doesn't don't get to the chance to knock it around. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of Warhammer matches going on mm-hmm. up there while we were playing our tournament. Um, but John and Dustin did a great job. They gave away so much stuff. They, they always go do. Like, do we not give enough stuff away at Oklahoma Bowl? Because these guys give away so much stuff. So many nice painted teams. So many nice painted miniatures. Everybody who was there got something. I got a Rubble figure. You want to say how that happened? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So they were just drawing tickets. They had like, I think, 17 prizes for, what was it, 14 of us or 16 so. of us? Um, everybody was going to get something. So they just kept drawing names out of the hat. And how that worked is, is everybody got one ticket in the hat. And every time you lost, you got another ticket in the hat. But you could only win one item. So they had a super nice like carry bag, which I think everybody wanted that. I think that was the first thing to go. Yeah, sure. And they had a whole bunch of painted teams and little painted miniatures. Anyways, so we were sitting there and I was like, I want that Rumbelow. And Steve's name gets called, and he goes, is that what you really want? And I was like, yeah. And you you go up there, and you grab it, and you come back and go, here you go. It's yours. And I was like, oh, you didn't have to do that for me. And you were like, well, if the Norse pitch is still up there, you get that. Well, my name was called exactly next. So I went up there, grabbed the Norse pitch, and we just swapped items. So it worked. It was really funny. So Everybody got what they wanted. Yeah. Um, But good time overall. After that, we we said goodbye to everybody. We went to eat at a Mexican food place, which was all right. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I thought it was really good, but yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm not going to tell people, like, you have to go to that place to eat. I can't remember it, what it's called. It was, I can't either. It was uh, better if I didn't have a chicken bone in my food. And whatever dessert thing I got, like tres leches or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you got a tres leches cake. I took that home and that was amazing. So, well, you might have been otherwise uh, dispossessed. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. Um, but then we went back to the Airbnb and honestly, everybody was pretty much tired except for me being wired. And um, I was talking everybody's face off and then finally everybody's like, I'm going to bed. So, mm-hmm. we went to bed. and then we got up the next day, traveled back. We, You guys left before us. Uh, I think Ben's air conditioner went out, so he yeah. had to get back home and help out his wife and stuff. Yeah, and he had a fantasy football draft to do anyways. No big deal, but yeah, it was a just it was an uneventful trip back. It's actually 
surprisingly pretty. We went through, I guess, the, there's a a mountain range, sort of. Yeah, we did, too. I think we went back the same way y'all must have. Yeah. Did you see, like, the weird, like, country club that was out in that, like, mountain desert area? Mm-hmm. Okay, we went the same way then. Okay. Um, we went that route. We were probably about an hour, an hour and a half behind you. A lot of little small towns, though. Yeah. But it, it actually was kind of like plains and deserty but it was, it was it's very weird to just be going like flatland flatland flatline flatland ravines like what what just happened yeah exactly how did everything just change in like two seconds and then you drive again and it's flatland again mm-hmm. <laughs> um. but it was a great time uh, had a lot of fun hanging out with the guys you know it's always fun to hang out with you but you know you got your own, own lady girlfriend so well, she has so much stress at her job. Oh, no doubt. Unfortunately, these Blood Bowl trips have really... We haven't took a real vacation, so these are kind of the excuse to get away for just a little bit. Yeah. Um, it wasn't enough, but it never is. And it was still fun to you know go. I mean, Lubbock is nearly you know five and a half, six hours for us versus like just going down to Dallas. It, it's a long ways. Yeah, Dallas is two and a half hours. Lubbock is five and a half, six hours. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a big commitment of us going up to like Kansas city. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Which I guess that is a good segue to go into the next segment if we want. Yeah. We can just wrap this up. Uh, Dustin, John, thank you for putting on a great event. I got this cool trophy. That was like a big plaque thing. It's hanging on my wall in my living room. And that wasn't children- enough. So you actually complained and got a smaller trophy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I was giving them prompts about how cool their little trophies were. The little trophies are awesome. They have a little Matador character on them. I'm not kidding when I say, like, out of all the trophies, the look of those really are, like, one of the best trophies I have seen. And I know they compared it to, like, getting the knives down in, like, San Antonio mm-hmm. or the mugs. While I agree those are nice items too, I, something about that little matador, like little man. It's a good silhouette. And the way, and the way Dustin paints them to make it look shiny and stuff. It's, mm-hmm. To me, it's just a small, beautiful little trophy. So anyways, I was very happy. So anyways, Plus, thanks guys for running a good event. Yeah, and yeah let, Let's talk some Kansas City, Steve. Okay, we'll be back with Jim Luft and we will be discussing the U.S. Open. Okay, welcome back. We have with us James, a.k.a. Jim Luft, who is, I guess, the NE, not the NEF representative, the G- the Games Workshop representative now. Who I thought is, he's Mr. Florida or Mr. He is Mr. Florida. Florida of two drunk flings or Mr. He's everything. He gets around. But he's, specifically, why we brought he's, him on is you are the representative that is helping to run the 2022 U.S. Blood Bowl Open in Kansas City, correct? Correct. Okay. Very, very excited about this. It's uh, so yeah. Games Workshop has several U.S. Opens, about five, five of them throughout the United States in 2022, and the Kansas City U.S. Open is the only event that's going to have Blood Bowl. So I'm very excited about this. And this is technically what, what? the first GW ran Blood Bowl event since, or supported event even. Did 
the Chaos Cup that we went to the first time, Scott, was that GW supported since it was at one of the stores, do you think? Uh, I don't Is really it at least think GW so? tolerated? I mean, that's maybe what it is. So why why did they pick Kansas City? There was five other locations. I'm just curious why Kansas City got picked. Jim, I know one of the guys on the events team is from Kansas City, so that could be. I don't, I don't know okay. what their decision making process uh, for where they do the U.S. Opens. I know they did one in Orlando. I want to say back in 2020, but there was no Blood Bowl. It was all Warhammer, uh, 40k. Yeah. So, so uh, I guess the first I'm thing the... to ask, sorry to well, interrupt, yeah. is why did you get picked? Because I wanted that job. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, happy accident, I guess. Um, so we do an event in Florida called Crucible, mm-hmm. and it's a huge uh, gaming convention, and we've been running Blood Bowl at it for the last five years. We took last year off um, and COVID, so actually it's been a, been two years since we've run it there. So for whatever reason, this year I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to reach out to GW and just see if they'll offer some tournament support because it is a huge 40K. Yeah. It is a huge um, Age of Sigmar. Uh, I know they do Kill Team. We have six Blood Bowl events there this year, and I thought this is Jeez. the year that I'm going to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, with all these GW events, what are the odds we can get some tournament support? And one thing led to another, and it was like, hey, well, um, you know, your name comes up with Blood Bowl a lot. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And they're like, how would you feel about running a tournament for us in Kansas City? And I'm like, seriously? And that's kind of as, as innocently as it happened. It was that's just like awesome. that. I mean, it makes sense, honestly. That, that Crucible thing... As much as we like to say we put on a good event, that's that's so far above and beyond anything we do. And, I mean, how many people does that bring in? Because it's more than Chaos Cup. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, for, for the Blood Bowl, so there's a lot of stuff going on with that, and I can't take any credit for it. There's sure. two guys, um, Tim Wright and um, uh, the other gentleman, Craig. I can't think of his last name at the moment. Shame on me. But these guys have been running this in Orlando for a, a long time, mm-hmm. and... Um, then we added Blood Bowl to the mix. And uh, I think we get about maybe 50 or so unique coaches across the different events because some will come and play a little bit of Blood Bowl on one day and then play yeah. something on another day. But uh, yeah, Crucible ended up being a very big event and it keeps growing. They just expanded it to a new um, hotel. And I want to say they probably get upwards of like 300 people, wow. give or take, wow. between all their different events, which is role-playing, card games, miniature games, board games, all of it. And that makes sense, too, because this U.S. Open is not just a Blood Bowl U.S. Open. There's also 40K and everything else there, too, right? Yeah, usually the, the uh, from just from what I know about it, the U.S. Open events tend to be, you know, uh, GW's most popular games, like the 40K and the Age of Sigmar and all that stuff. And they, I think they wanted to start pushing Blood Bowl and uh, including that in there. And it just everything just kind of fell into place and happened at the right right time, right person, right place. And yeah, um, they wanted to run the Blood Bowl, and I, I guess they just didn't have anybody to do it. And yeah, they asked me to do it. And I, I jumped at the opportunity to be able to do this because, and believe it or not, I've had a lot of people come to me, like come at me and be like, "Why are you doing this?" Oh. <laughs> and I said, "Because I, I love Blood Bowl." And, and to me, you know, it's it's. Whether people want to admit it or not, Blood Bowl is a Games Workshop game. Yeah. And for, for them to want to support it and, and to want to do a tournament and to want to to uh, add more events, more Blood Bowl events, I look at that all as a positive thing. It can, it can only be good for the community. 
I don't see any negatives about it. So of course oh, I'm going to want to do it. People came at you as like they were upset. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Um, I, I had people question me like, Hey, why are you getting involved in this? And I said, because it's a great opportunity and it brings more blood bowl to more people. And I just want to be so, very clear. Like I was just giving you a hard time from before. I, I have no qualms with you running it. I think you're a great choice. You put on great events all the oh, time. Thank you. So, like, so I aspire that. to be that way. Trust so, me. But Jim, do you play Warhammer yeah. and stuff like that? I used to back in the day, and uh, okay. I only recently just got back into Kill Team because it's awesome. Isn't that the one that you only need a small amount of models versus an army? It, exactly i played 40k back in the day and i it's just something i can't devote the time and money for me like i don't have that kind of schedule but i wanted to play a skirmish based game so i was looking at like necromunda and just kill team just blew up in the last year like it it got so popular and when i was at gen con i was running some uh, blood bowl sealed box events and right behind me for four days they ran kill team sealed box events and had a kill team tournament and just being surrounded by that for four days, like it was just so awesome. So when I came back, I, you know, went back to my FLGS and the guys who were playing, I'm like, Hey, I'm in hundred percent. I said, I want to start playing kill team again. So it's, uh, I, it gives me a break from blood bowl scratches another itch, but it's a lot of fun. And I'm sure right. like when people were giving you a hard time, it's because there was no love loss sort of between some faction of blood bowl players and GW, especially, and we'll get into this when we talk about the rules and the actual event, it's a GW event. You have to use GW models solely, don't you? Correct. That's the biggest bone of contention right. with this. And uh, I get it. You know, I, I have models that are not GW. I have tons of GW models. Of course. Um, Everyone does. It's, yeah. But, but they don't want to see it that way. They just look at it like, well, I don't, you know, I, I want to be able to play with the models I want to play with. And, you know, throughout the other hundred NAF tournaments throughout the year, you can, but just this specific one yeah you know you're gonna use the models that for the company that's running the tournament if you were to play in a you know x-wing uh game whoever makes x-wing you're not going to bring star trek miniatures to an x-wing tournament <laughs> so it's kind of the yeah. same thing and when i use that metaphor it kind of you know makes a little bit more sense and well so I, I see a lot of the I older players sides. yeah a lot of the older players too also have that mentality of it's the third party miniatures and companies that kept blood bowl around when gw wasn't doing anything with it and they just came back to get a money grab. But, I mean, GW is putting out a lot of cool stuff, so I can't blame them for, you know, doing their thing. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I can't speak on GW's behalf. Uh, I'm a part of that team. But, I, you know, I, I don't make those decisions and don't have any input or any kind of awareness of that. But, right. like, like you just said, I agree with you 100%. They've been supporting the game, and that, that was everybody's biggest pet peeve. And now that they're supporting the game, it's like they can't win. Mm -hmm. um, they're still getting criticized. But uh, I think they've been putting out a lot of great stuff. I mean, not all of it's awesome. Uh, <coughs> that Rat Ogre uh, from Forge World, <laughs> the first one, not a fan. But, um, I mean, look at the, the star player Croxagore that just got announced. I mean, that's fantastic-looking model. Except his mouth is sewed shut. Aside well, that's fine. <laughs> They don't want to. They don't want him to bite his teammates, Steve. I guess. <laughs> no, on, on the model thing, I don't have a real problem with that at all because, like you said, it's their event. I mean, whether we like it or not, <laughs> the the community might have kept it alive. And there's people that keep. What's the other game that's uh, still around through the communities? It's not Necromunda, but it's takes place in the old world and it has more more time. 
Mordheim. I mean, yeah. that community is yeah. keeping that game alive. But as soon as GW wants to dust that off, redo it, there's going to be a new community for it. So you just, it is what it is. And one time a year, you can play a team with GW models or don't come. I mean, it's, it's, it, it sucks. Yes. If you want to play a certain team, but at the same time, come on. I mean, let's not be ridiculous. If we had a, a both down like convention, I wouldn't want people, you know, I probably really wouldn't care, but if the whole idea was, you know, I just wouldn't want like the Joe Rogan podcast people there doing their own thing, you know, or <laughs> stuff like that. Especially yeah, since unless it was, unless it was a podcast challenge like you guys had, where all the podcast people were there. That was awesome, by the way. Love that. Yeah, we haven't had we that in that? a while. Did we win that? Not the last one. I, Siggy Lama did. did. Yeah. Oh, that's right. and then okay. he retired. Yeah. Yeah. See, by default, it went to us. No, oh. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of questions because sure. I'm, I'm taking my girlfriend with me. We're going up there. I talked her into like, I heard there's going to be cool swag. I mean, I heard that from the very beginning on this event. And it was at Kansas City. And at the time when I signed up, there was no way I was going to Chicago, <laughs> which is if changed. you're listening to this podcast now, you're probably on the way to Chicago because um, it's happening this weekend. But I was not going to go to Chicago until it like sold out. And then I was like, Oh, I better go because I want to be a part of the biggest event held in Chicago. Um, in my brain, this is a big like Warhammer fest thing convention. I think I'm overblowing this out of proportion in my head because I'm thinking it's like a comic convention where you walk around and there's going to be all these different booths and they're going to teach you how to paint and you can buy models. And then you can go down to this other like vendor and buy a Warhammer hot dog and learn how to play like kill team or something. <clears throat> how far off am I on what to expect if you've never been to this type of event before? You're not far off. I mean, it's a celebration of everything that games workshop has to offer. Um, they had several events this year already. I think Chicago, uh, Kansas City is next to last. They did Seattle, San Diego, um, Santa Ana, Pueblo, Kansas City, and Chicago. Um, one of the cool things that they had at Gen Con, which I, I think will be at this one as well, is they had the um, live action kill team where you actually get to use, it's like laser tag. So if that's something that, that you and your girlfriend have the opportunity to go do, I highly recommend it because anyone that I saw who came out of there after they played, they had they had such a great time. Everybody loved it. Okay, then my next question for you, and it's gonna come off sounding maybe a little bit rude. How do we do all these things if we're playing Blood Bowl for three straight days? Because you have go let's go over the events. You have a sevens tournament on Friday night. Yep. Uh, I think that starts at seven seven thirty. Is that correct? Five thirty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's later in the evening. Its registration it, starts at four and then starts at five thirty, ends at nine. Or, oh, okay. It starts at five thirty. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then we have four rounds of Blood Bowl on Saturday, and then two more yep. on Sunday. Is there time? I mean, do you foresee time, or or do people that go to these events like go? I'm gonna go play my four hammer Age of Sigmar, and I'm just gonna do that all weekend. Is that kind of the mindset? I think there's two kind of people. There's the people who go to these events to play their game because they look forward to it. And, and that's their, that's their stage to get up on and, and do their thing, whether it's 40 K or blood bowl. Then you got people who are kind of getting into the hobby end of it and have never played any kind of games workshop things. So they're coming in and they're taking advantage of uh, the painting classes and um, 
you know, the hobby end of it, uh, kind of seeing the game as spectators and like, oh, you know, I, I've heard about 40K or I've heard about Blood Bowl, but I never I never had the opportunity to learn or to see anybody play. So this is the opportunity for them to come and watch and hang out and, and uh, find out more about it. So okay. is it is it an easy thing to be able to do all the above? Probably not. I mean, you're going to do kind of what you go there to do. Um, you may get an opportunity if you skip the icebreaker on Friday night, which is fine. I mean, a lot of the people who come out who are Blood Bowl, you know, pros, I mean, unless they're they're hardcore and they want to play more Blood Bowl, they will. But some people just want to come say hi, you know, walk around, see what there is to see. And then they'll get that out of their system and play their games on Saturday and Sunday. So if somebody was just wanting to go, I know for like the Blood Bowl events, that mm-hmm. it was $75 per person. That includes the sevens tournament and the six rounds of Blood Bowl on Saturday and Sunday. If just a random person wanted to tag along to go do those things you talked about, do you know how much that cost is? As far as I know, spectators are always welcome. I don't think there's a, a door fee to walk in. I, to participate in the events, more than likely there's going to be some kind of registration fee. Um all that stuff is actually available on the Warhammer community. If you go under warhammercommunity.com, you'll okay. see all the U.S. Open events and you'll find information about each one of them on there. So there's probably some more details there. But I okay. know when I talk to, to the people that I'm dealing with with the GW events team, you know, they want people to come out and see what they're all about. And from what I was told, and, and you know, don't quote me 100%, but spectators are always welcome. Because when we talked about um, you, know, you bringing along somebody and they may or may not want to play. I was told that, hey, spectators are always encouraged to come out and watch. It would just be the people participating in the events that are going to pay for the registration. So somebody maybe for a family, let's say somebody's going to Chicago and they're, they're blowing all their cash because they already had that planned. But if they mm-hmm. live close enough, they could drive in for a Saturday, go walk around, sure. buy some Blood Bowl models, I assume. If they're going to have a Blood Bowl event, we're going to have a lot of Blood Bowl models out there, correct? Yeah, it, I'm assuming it's going to be just like Gen Con. They had a huge um, Warhammer store there with Forge World stuff, which is always a great opportunity to buy Forge World when it's at an event in the United States. You don't have to pay that conversion cost and the shipping cost for the international fees and all that stuff. And they had quite a bit of stuff at Gen Con. So okay. I'm going to assume that this is solely GW, that there's going to be there's going to be even more. The ante is going to be a little higher. So it should be well worth your trip if you're looking to – come buy some GW stuff, maybe some exclusive stuff too. So if you're out there and you say, oh, I, I've already blew my money or I'm saving money for World Cup next year, drive in for the day. Come take a painting class. Come say hi to me and Steve and, and Jennifer and say hi to Jim and buy you some cool models. And, you know, so you can't afford yeah. the hotel. Come up and just have some fun for the day and, you know, hit the road. You can do that. Yeah, so absolutely. Since we mentioned exclusives and we were talking about the events themselves, there is the Sevens, then there's the Blood Bowl. Are there any exclusive items for playing in either or both? Or The Sevens we're just doing kind of as an icebreaker, okay. just to kind of get people in to uh, talk, say hi, talk about Blood Bowl, just hang out, make play them, some Blood Bowl. Make them hate um, themselves. There may even be some... Because it's Sevens. Yeah, get all their bad dice rolls out of the way. <laughs> Uh, before oh, Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking to, uh, and, and it's not set in stone yet, but, um, you know, I when I run tournaments, there, there's a certain, you know, way I like to do things. And um, I, I'm ha- very happy to say that the GW events team has been very flexible with me in terms of, like, um, 
they use something called best coast pairings for a lot of their 40k and, and gw events and blood bowl is in that but what that that software doesn't have is the ability to export that as a uh, xml file so if you're running a nap event using that software is not exactly the most uh, easy thing to do so we use mm -hmm. score for for those other tos who are listening or, or non-tos who are listening and uh, when I mentioned to the uh, event team, I said, hey, I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I said, I would want to use SCORE. I would want to make it NAF approved. I would want to do this and I would want to do that. I want, I would want to have swag and I'm, I'm hoping to do some spot prizes as well. They were very receptive and they were very uh, willing to work with me and they were very cooperative, more so than I, I ever would have thought possible, which only made the experience that much more rewarding up to this point. So I'm hoping for a lot of things to make it a very positive experience to make people want to come out some more of these GW events um, next year. Because if this one is a success, which uh, they're capping this event at 64 coaches, and I want to say we're already in the um, early, early 30s. So if this event goes over well, there's a very good chance that you'll see Blood Bowl at all of the U.S. Open events in 2023, which would be fantastic. Because the other thing that was talked about, you know, nothing set in stone, so don't hold me to anything, but is – they run these uh, 40K events and some uh, other other events, and they take the winners of those events and they they fly them, you know, with most expenses paid, like to come and participate in like a, you know, end of the season, end of the year, like big event. And I would love for Blood Bowl to have that same opportunity, you know, for the winners of these Blood Bowl tournaments next year to be able to be flown like as in a champions match to somewhere in the United States, wherever it's going to be. I think this year's uh, might be in New Mexico at the end of the year. I was going to ask year. you if Blood Bowl's plan long-term have that same format that they do for 40K and all their other games. So that's really cool. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. it would be awesome. And like I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm working with the GW events team and uh, I, I'm not privy to everything that they discuss or have plans for, but from what I can see, uh, uh, as somebody you know on the outside looking in, is that they are putting Blood Bowl into their mix of events and they're supporting it and they want to see it grow and do more things for it, which can only be uh, a positive and, and beneficial thing to the Blood Bowl community, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jim. So I'm looking over your rules here. Uh, just going through the rules, a packet that you have put up. Um, yep. Everybody needs to bring their team. Of course, it needs to be a GW, you know, manufactured team. You need to bring your own dice because a lot of tournament people are so used to most tournaments provide dice for everybody to use at the event. But in this event, you need to bring all your dice and 18 yep. rosters. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to count eight team rosters. Bring bring as many copies as you can remember, because at least one for you, one for me, and one for your opponent. So uh, anywhere from three to eight. But sometimes you lose a roster in between matches. I mean, it happens at Chaos Cup. It happens anywhere. You forget to ask your opponent for one back. So the more copies of your roster you can bring, the better. We're just trying to plan for all the unforeseen circumstances that could happen to make life easier on everybody. All right. Uh, team drafting, it looks like it's uh, all the normal books that we have, you know, access to. We're going to do a 1.2 gold to make your yep. team, or they say in this rule set, draft your team. Then you would get an additional 200,000 to buy skills. Primary cost 20, secondary is 40. Uh, skill may only be purchased three times for a team, and each player may not have more than two skills purchased for them. So this is quite a big build. Um, for a lot of tournaments, or I don't know, traditionally, 
they're never this high, but I think with the new 2020 rules, it seems like they're getting higher and higher. So, um, models, you're not wrong. Let's yep. talk models here. Okay. About the basing on models. There's, <laughs> now, I know you probably got a lot of this stuff from GW because they don't want somebody showing up from 1989 with their uh, familiar <laughs> miniatures on square bases when the new bases are round or something like that. Um, there's a note in here that says many models are no longer produced on the bases they originally came with. Please use the base side base size provided in the most recent box set for units in question. Now, a lot of us old timers have supported GW for 30 years and we have old teams with a little bit smaller bases. Do you think this matters for blood bowl? Now, that's a great question. And I'm, I'm glad you asked. So two things. One, I offered to write the rule set for this, but I was I was not <laughs> I was not given that permission to do so. So it, it's um it's a little bit like GW kind of like standards. Uh, so something like this where we don't sweat those kind of things in most of the well all the NAF tournaments that we participate in. So I think what they're just trying to do is set a standard but they're not um they're trying to make this also as easygoing as possible so when i clarified this with the events team it's not an issue um okay. you know do we do we want to try and see i just don't think we want people showing up and not that i don't think anybody would do this but like you know a 60 millimeter base or a, a 20 millimeter base like just so that there's some consistency and I, I think a lot of the eye for this is just so that if we get a lot of new coaches which i think we're going to or at least when i say new coaches um, coaches who have not played in a NAF tournament, who have not played in a GW tournament, maybe they've only played in league or men, maybe they've never played Blood Bowl in a, you know, other, something other than a friendly one-on-one -on -one match is that um, we're just trying to make it easy on them so that when they come into this, they're, they're not overwhelmed by everything. Okay. I was just curious about that because like uh, Jeffers played on playing Ogres and I have a GW Ogre team. But, you know, it's different sites, bases. While I'm using the Old World Alliance team, which is new bases and stuff like that, I was, like, hoping I didn't have to tear off bases and rebase. No, we don't, I, nobody wants to see anybody be tearing their miniatures down and go through all that extra work. I figured know, for Blood it Bowl, yeah. it wouldn't matter since we play on a grid anyways versus, like, line of sight things and, you know, measuring stuff out. So, so I, thought I, I would that. agree. I don't want to go into the minutia of this because I'm sure there's a lot of things that you're not responsible for, a lot of things that the day of we just kind of have to worry about. But it does specifically state, please note, Forge World models must be the actual models and not conversions to look like Forge World models. So does that mean... If I took an elf team and I had the Swift Twins, are they even playable anymore? I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I no, took an Amazon team. Well, well, in in this, no, but only because you right. only get one star player and they count as two. Okay, but I so for the illustrating your point. Go ahead. Took an Amazon team and right. I took Boa Constrictor as my star. Mm -hmm. I would have to use the Boa Constrictor star. I could not use a different GW figure and make it look like Boa Constrictor. If you kit bash from GW stuff, I don't think it'll be a problem. I mean, they like for these things to kind of be approved beforehand. Yeah, there's ways to uh, do that. They say you can email it to them with the photos of the model. Yeah. At least two weeks yeah. prior um, to the event, blah, blah, blah. I had this question come up, and I've already cleared it with the GW events team. Someone, for instance, wanted to, I think it was, uh, they wanted to run with Wilhelm Cheney. Um, 
so their, their question was, well, I, I didn't have the ability to buy the Forge World model. And if it's there at the event, I won't have time, obviously, to get right. it painted and, and prepped to play with. So can I use the uh, Necromantic Werewolf just so long as it's easily identifiable that this is the star player, Wilhelm Cheney? And the answer was yes. Okay. So like if you were if you were playing an undead team and you were using Wilhelm Cheney, you were able to use one of those werewolves, it wouldn't be a problem. I think most of the things with uh, the GW stuff is, yes, use GW stuff, but WYSIWYG, you know, what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to easily easily identify that model as what it is. So this way, again, always going back to, you know, uh, those new coaches, making sure that they have a, a, an easy time of understanding what it is they're playing with or up against. Yeah, and based on that example, that already shows us that GW's understanding of the selling out, the ability not able to get some figures and stuff like that. So that's good. That was my so, main concern. Are slam teams allowed at this event? <laughs> well, I would, well, I would love to say yes, but unfortunately they don't, they don't have a slam team. I don't know if they ever will either. You know, they were, it was, it seemed like they were leaning in that kids live direction, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm excited for the slam team at Chaos Cup. Uh, I'm not bringing slam, but um, it, it's uh, there's a lot of good slam teams out there, and they're they're a fun team to play. We're actually running a um, a Death Ball Sevens uh, event, which is going to be the icebreaker event at Chaos Cup, which is based off of Brian Two's um, Death Ball Sevens that he runs at Rocky Mountain Rampage. And I'll tell you what, uh, I have a guy who's playing slam in our like ladder league that we're doing, and he's having a blast running them. They're they're a lot of fun. Now, one thing yeah, that if, is cool if they is... Can, if they can leap, they're so deadly. And yeah. if they roll a lot of ones, of course, you know, anybody. I was going to say, according to the rules, it does say rules published before 21st of October 2022 will be eligible for use in this event. So theoretically, new Amazons should be part of that. <laughs> I would love for nothing more than the rules to be... Like, for, for just that stuff to be released, because I'm, I... It is overwhelming with the amount of people who are just clamoring for those Amazons to be released, either the rules and or the team. Like I, I've never seen this much uh, anticipation for a team. It's, oh. it's kind of funny. Thank you, Jim. I am switching. I'm not playing Old World Alliance. I am playing Dwarves with a lot of tackle. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not a bad there idea. You go. <laughs> That'll make a lot of people very unhappy. <laughs> I forgot Jennifer actually has a painted um whatever 2020 version or 2016 version of uh dwarves. We could do that yeah. now with all these people playing Amazons. If it comes out in time, which I think it will. So um I was hoping maybe for Nova something would have been announced, but um yeah, there was uh, nothing on that. So it's gotta we'll be soon, right. I mean it's gotta be. It'll be soon. Got to be with them talking about the star player just the other day. Okay, Jim, Saturday. I know GW is used to running like Warhammer events all day long. Mm -hmm. I talked to Matt Strickland today. Matt Strickland is one of our local guys. He's going to Kansas City. Jennifer was at the house when Matt Strickland stopped by. We talked about the Saturday event. It starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, first round's at 9.30. We're given two and a half hours per round. And then lunch after one round <laughs> i i am begging as a fat man who likes to eat. And, and jennifer said and i quote if we had to play three straight rounds of blood bowl i'm gonna be a cranky bitch <laughs> so i'm begging you to try to get those guys to do two rounds in a lunch 
break and then two more rounds. That's not. Saturday. They're not going to change it. It's published. Oh come on! Make it's a, not going to happen. If if I'm I telling, had to make an educated guess, I, I'm going to say that the, the events team so far has been very very flexible because all they want is for people to come out and play Blood Bowl and have fun. So if everybody's going to be miserable having to wait all that time to to get something to eat and get hangry. Nobody wants that. So. I'm going to keep asking and, I, and I'm, you know, don't hold me to anything, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be flexible enough where we can, you know, That's do two I'm rounds, saying. then lunch. But yeah. So the like that Saturday morning, you're going to go, Hey guys, little change in plans. Not a big deal. We're going to do two rounds and then lunch. Um, so unf- with that said, hold on, Steve. Okay. <laughs> are they Talking serving, about food here? Are they serving food at the event? That was my question. Cause that's what Matt brought up yeah. was, I wonder if they have drinks and stuff out there, like concessions Food truck or something. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, only because it's in the uh, the rules, either under the Eventbrite or under the in the uh, probably under the Eventbrite where you go to buy your ticket that they okay. don't allow outside food and beverages. So mostly, when there's a disclaimer for that, there's going to be some kind of on-site food available. Okay. So my lamentation, if you change the lunch to after the second round, is now we're looking at taking lunch at three in the afternoon so we start playing I mean, at nine fifteen or nine thirty, and we don't have lunch until three just i'm just saying there's no good answer here because that's no. just and this is the nature of this event it's got two and a half hour rounds it so we're going to have plenty of time in between the end of a game and the next round most likely so of course you would argue against me on this. I'm not arguing <laughs> against you. I'm saying Welcome to the, Meltdown, everybody, where Steve has to be. I'm saying the most logical thing would be to add another 15 minutes onto a later break. And if there's even anything to get within an hour around, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. But I know. It I know. sucks either way. It I'll have is, a better idea before the event bring as to your what's own, available on site. I know. I, mean, I know you can't bring in your own food, but bring in your own food. Maybe some gummy bears. Are you it's suggesting be... to bring snacks in in your prison wallet? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Maybe I would never say that, but uh, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't doing cavity searches, so go ahead. There you go. I ain't doing it's going to be weird to have two and a half hour rounds, but at the same time, I assume this event is going to have some new people. That mm-hmm. yes, this, this it's is going to be weird for you. That's that's a. Ever. Yeah, it's an excessive amount of time for those who play um, regular Blood Bowl tournaments like all the time where uh, I got crucified for running a tournament recently with two hour rounds and that those 15 minutes apparently meant a lot to people. So it's funny how like two hours is too short. Two fifteen is the sweet spot. Two and a half is like, are you crazy? That's way too long. Yeah. Last, <laughs> so, like, event, everybody, we last event, we everybody to. has their own style. They, so. did, they did two hour rounds and there was a lot of games that didn't finish on time. So you're yeah. right. It is 215. It's like pretty much the sweet spot. It is. And and we're trying to, again, you know, and I've said I'm probably beating this like a, a dead snotling, but uh, we are trying to cater to those new coaches who, because um, I've seen it at events where people will come in and they'll be like, oh my God, I'm on a timer. Well, yes and no. I mean, you if you're falling behind and, and all of a sudden somebody puts you on the four minute timer, you know, that could ruin your entire weekend. And I've seen it happen. I mean, yeah, maybe that person is being a little bit uh, emotional about it, but at the same time, you know, they're paying the same amount of money as you, but they, they're coming there. Their experience is totally different. 
So it's like you're trying to make everybody happy all at the same time. It's not easily done. And even when you do your best, you're still going to fail. It's like that Star Trek thing where you can, you know, do everything right and yet you still fail. Um, you know, so we just do our best. It, it, it's good. And I think I've, geez, I, I don't know how many tournaments I've, Blood Bowl tournaments I've run. I think I'm somewhere in the 60s. And I can't say there's ever been one that's gone off flawlessly. There's always been one person with one issue or, so you just do the best you can. Always. Try and make the most of it. Yeah. Cool. Um, we're used to tournament prizes at tournaments where you have uh, first, second, third, or most casualties, most touchdowns. We, we getting stuff like that at this event? There's going to be trophies for sure. Okay. So, tro so yeah, again, you know, if, if you've ever been to one of the tournaments that I've ran before or, um, you know, heard about the tournaments that I've run, I, I always try and focus on – Oh, uh, trophies are great. Always try and do trophies. Uh, swag, definitely for showing up and playing, whether you do piss poor or do great. And I like to do spot prizes um, because when you when you win and you get a, a trophy, I mean, you're winning. Getting something on top of it is just, you know, uh, yeah. icing on the cake. But uh, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me, the, the majority, after an event and be like, hey, you know what? I knew I wasn't going to do well today, but just to, to, to randomly win a prize, that really – made my day made it worth it made just it was just awesome so thank you for that and, and that that stuck with me for yeah the I longest miss, time so we used to do those back in the day where it's like the first person to get a touchdown or first person to throw a long pass and then it just i don't even do that because I, I just do totally totally random like i'll put everybody's name into a wheel spinner like a uh, an app or a website yeah and that's it just totally random that'd be a good way of doing it i, I do that when i run like a there's a game called dragon ball super it's a you know card game like magic and basically whoever wins the tournament wins the tournament but if you stuck around every round i call it fellowship and if you weren't a dick <laughs> your name goes into a hat i randomly pull out something and the guy who got last place gets equal prize as the second place guy i've had a lot of people also say man thanks for letting me get something because i come here yeah. every week suck. and i'm like well you know this keeps you playing every round because like in magic, the gathering and other games, people, once they can't win prizes, they just say, well, screw it. I'm out of here. And you know, I didn't know that. I only just found out about that like a year ago when uh, oh, some of gosh. my friends were getting back into magic and I was mm -hmm. asking questions because I played back in like 96, 95, 94. So there uh -huh. wasn't nowhere near the competitive level of magic playing that there is now. And when somebody told me that, yeah, if they don't win after round one, they just they just quit and go home. And I'm like, why? I'm like, why wouldn't they just keep playing? They're like, because there's nothing in it for them. I'm like, really? And I had no idea. Unfortunately, I'm I'm would almost bet you'll see some of that at this event, where oh, it I is appealing too. to a lot of new people, and it is two days long. You'll probably have some people who play that first day lose a few times and be like, ah, eh, screw this, I'm gonna play something else yeah, the next day. I'm gonna go to the painting class instead, but. Yeah, that's why you have an odd man out. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I mean, it, it could happen. And, you know, I wouldn't hold that against them because no. the only way for you to find out if you like it or like it well enough to keep doing it is to try it. And, you know, I, I don't want to say with 100% certainty, but most of the time, like when I was running those sealed box demos at Gen Con, I could tell somebody who was going to be in love with Blood Bowl from their first, you know, half an hour playing because if they're rolling shit dice and they're getting their ass kicked or some you know crazy stuff's happening and they're laughing their asses off mm -hmm. and having a good time i'm like blood bowl is your game 
but if right. they're like you know throwing the dice uh, you know slamming stuff and like you know this giving it stupid. the why would we even uh, do this the stink eye yeah, yeah. then i'm like uh, this this may not be the game for you <laughs> so again all we could do is bring them in show them the game you know lead by example hope for the best and uh you know we'll see what happens well, certainly, I think, you know, once Chaos Cup settles down, people get over that. You know, it's drawing a lot of attention away from this right now. Will more people will be signing up for this? I don't doubt it'll sell out. So if anyone's interested, what's the website that they can go to? Or is it easier to Google? So if you're on the Blood Bowl community page, it's under the featured pins. Um, if you're not on the Blood Bowl community page, you can go to uh, US uh, warhammer-community.com. Or if you just Google uh, U.S. Open Kansas City, you'll be able to see the Blood Bowl event on that page as well. Okay. Is there anything or else you want Or just reach out to me and I'll, I'll bore you to death about it. That also always works, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure we'll put a link to it and everything on our webpage. If anybody out there is not friends with Jim on Facebook, <laughs> find him. Just dig him up. He answers everything over and over and over, even when you're an old man and you ask the same question multiple times. To a point where Jim goes, why don't you just put me on the podcast so we can talk about all these questions you have? <laughs> like, seriously, no thank joke. thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. But seriously, no joke, Jim's one of the reasons the Florida Blood Bowl community has done so amazingly well lately. He's a great guy, always has been. He's always been a really good part of the community. You've been very helpful anytime someone moves to Florida and they're like, I need some help finding someone in this area. I'm like, just go talk to Jim. He'll hook you up. If I remember correctly, though, there was a time where Jim lived in another part of the world mm -hmm. and he had no blood bowl around him. Is that right, Jim? So, well, let me just say that and you had when blog. I was getting back into blood bowl after taking eight years off and I wanted to run my first tournament, it was you guys that I reached out to and had so many questions and you guys helped me through every step of it. And that helped me to run a successful blood bowl tournament. And that was in Pennsylvania. So we had a good group there for a long time. And um, I, so when I left Pennsylvania, we had, we had two leagues going, we had a lot of tournaments going, we probably had like 40 active coaches. And here I'm moving to Florida thinking, shit, I'm never going to play blood bowl again. Cause I had no, I had no idea if there was any blood bowl down here. So before I even moved to Florida, I was calling game stores saying, do you guys have blood bowl coaches? Is there an active league? Does anybody run tournaments? Like what's going on with blood bowl in Florida? And like, nobody was playing blood bowl in Florida. And, uh, and so as, they as we always oh, yeah. say, build it and it they will were, come. They were here. It, it's just that they weren't like, it, it, it felt like William Wallace and Braveheart unite the clans. And it took time. And uh, we have a lot of good people down here, like your Eric Nybergers, Jason York, Josh Wojcik. Um, you know, we have all these great people down here in Florida. And it just, you know, it just took off and it just kept going and going. And we have a great community. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of Blood Bowl down here. To Some people don't like that we do so much blood ball down here, but uh, you know, we love the game and we play all the variants and we do it a lot. Uh, what can I say? I, I'm not going to feel bad for, you know, playing a game you love. So shouldn't no, not at all. But yeah, if you're ever in Florida and you want to either you're moving down here or down here, we have guys that come down here on vacation. Uh, Jason Weaver has been down here and played uh, blood bowl in Florida with us. Brian Sue, um mark perry we have sean cowley has been down here we didn't get a chance to play some blood bowl with them but he was down here on vacation he is everywhere we're gonna get him down here don't you worry we're gonna get you guys down here too 
starting to think there's like a clone saga crossover thing with Sean because he's running events for Blood Bowl or he's at events and maybe at the same time at different locations. But you know what's the, <laughs> you know what's the interesting thing too is about the Blood Bowl community is like he just said he was down there they hung out didn't play any Blood Bowl. People who are just part of the community, you will just meet up with them, hang out, have a meal, and then you. it's like, I don't really know this guy, but I know him through the community, played a couple events, but they come into town and we're all buddies hanging out. I would say on, on average, I talk to six to ten of our listeners on a regular basis once a month, mm-hmm. for real. Easily, yeah. And it's not always the same people. It might be somebody that I haven't talked to in, you know, eight months. Hey, Scott, what's going on? Thought I'd catch up. I just listened. Been catching up on the podcast and they'll talk. And it's just, it's like a, I hate saying fraternity because I don't like that term. So it's more like a little, it's a real gaming family because we want people to play because we need players. You know, it's not Magic the Gathering where it's a rough game. You know, nobody wants to play a game for three hours and maybe get their ass stomped in, but blood bowlers will for a league game and stuff like that. And so, you're I doing mean, it for the fun of the game, not for big right. prizes. So that, it, that means it's a certain type of person that plays the game, which means well, we're all what, very similar. That's what everybody, it blows their mind when I go, Hey, I won this uh, blood bowl tournament. They go, Oh cool. What'd you get? And I said, Oh, this cool little plastic trophy. And they're like, <laughs> you drove five and a half hours to get that and i was like god damn i sure did and i i'm so I proud it again i loved every I'm moment so of it. proud of this and it's like you wouldn't rather have cash hell no no hell no. Cash. <laughs> that's part so. of the allure of going to tournaments like um you know we us floridians drove an rv from florida to oklahoma to come to your yeah, event that was because awesome. it was it was awesome. And we talk about it all the time. And we did it right before COVID because I don't know if that would have happened after that. So it was like the right time. You to guys do it. coming is the only reason that event happened because it was right when COVID was hitting bad. And I had many internal quandaries like, should we even be running this event? Is it safe? The only reason we did is we had so many of you guys coming up from Florida. Oh, there you go. Looking forward to hanging out after. I mean, it's great playing Blood Bowl, no doubt. Playing all day, yeah. playing Blood Bowl is awesome. But being able to like, go out afterwards, have dinner, have some beer, have some karaoke, have some sushi, whatever it is that you're into, and be able to do. Like, I look forward to doing that just as much as I look forward to coming out and playing Blood Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I'm so looking forward to Chaos Cup in Chicago and seeing everybody and having so it be sold out. Ready? It's going to be, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. There's a. Seven or eight of us from Florida coming up this year. Last uh, two years, I want to say we were over 12. So we have a little less coming this year, but we're still coming in force. And uh, I'm looking forward to Kansas City for the same thing. I've already had people reach out to me. Like, I know I, I, I said earlier I had some people be confrontational about and being like, why are you doing it? But that is not to say that I didn't have just as many, if not more people like you guys and Jason Weaver and um, so many others who, who want to be able to go, but with World Cup, which we didn't even touch on, that's happening as well. Or not World Cup, uh, um, Euro, what is it, Euro Bowl? Oh, yeah. That's happening in November, so there's a lot of people who would want to come and can't. But uh, I'm just like, they're like, hey, let's go get some barbecue while you're here. And I'm like, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Mm, so I'm very much good. looking forward to all the activities that happen, you know, after hours at a Blood Bowl tournament that you get to hang out with your friends. The Blood Bowl 
trips really are in the end of it really about the journey and the fellowship and if you get a little crappy plastic trophy because it trickled down to you and you got the best defense you're happy as shit as well so yeah. i mean it's, it's a like, win-win situation i'm, I'm sure i'm going to be yeah. saying this too often coming up in the next few podcasts but last year i i think i literally had a mental breakdown when i wasn't able to able to go to chaos cup i was stuck at home working in a miserable situation watching everyone else having fun and thinking why am i doing this to myself so that's why i'm going this year no matter hell hell or high water i'm figuring it out well, it happens the the I year so. one of our guys won cast cup will mayo i was i i switched jobs twice and the, the my original job was like yep you got the time off go then the new job was like yep you got the time off go then when i took the next job all they were like yeah you know what uh it's probably not a good idea and i'm like but i have a hotel and a flight and i and like yeah but it's not a good idea and i'm like well i guess i'm gonna be a responsible adult and sit at home and mm-hmm. watch all my friends have a good time and then you know hope it's, you wish them luck and wish them have a good time but yeah it sucked so i horrible. feel you but all right well i think that probably covers more than we should have on this uh again if anyone has any questions reach out to james jim i don't know why i said james that's okay it's, it's, it's what too. it's what he is on facebook you'll find him under james left instead of jim or um, beard jones either or oh yeah that's true I forgot about Beard Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was COVID years. I decided to become a private detective and stock the grocery stores looking for work. And oh. good job on that. But yeah, reach out to him. Look up online. Let us know. We'll point you in the right direction. We'll give you answers. And, and for if, you NAF people, it's on the NAF website. Yep. Just scroll down the tournaments to the the weekend of a. It's a October twenty eighth, twenty ninth. It's listed right there. The Kansas City Carnage. Any final, it is a NAF event. Any final so you can words? register NAF. You can renew your NAF memberships. So I'll have some uh, NAF dice with me. Just so you give the feedback to your GW people who maybe, you know, they don't get the NAF and all that stuff. I'm telling you right now, if you were not NAF approved, I would not be going. I know it's stupid. The NAF doesn't do a whole lot, <laughs> but it keeps track of my stats, and I love that. So I'm just telling you, like, that's the difference in – if this wasn't NAF approved, I don't know if I would have went for sure. So they wanted a NAF approved. That would so that was my my first thing. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I, I want to make sure that's NAF approved. And they're like, we're glad you're saying that because we want we want this to be yep. NAF approved. That's great. That's really good for them. Yep. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Absolutely. Jim. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Anytime. Okay, and we'll be right back with the next segment, whatever it is we decided it is. <laughs> All right, we're back. Now we're going to talk about some Chaos Cup. You know, like in the beginning of the podcast, I talked like, oh, you're traveling to Chaos Cup. So now you're in that part where we all talk about Chaos Cup. And what do all Blood Bowlers talk about when we see each other at Chaos Cup? Uh, teams? Yeah, usually, right? Okay. You know, that small talk of, hey, man, how's it going? Nice to see you. Glad you could make it out. What team are you taking? So for anyone not familiar, it's too late to sign up. We've been talking about it for a while. September 24th and 25th is Chaos Cup, Chaos Cup 2022. In addition to the main event, there's also Sevens uh, Demolition Derby. Is that what it is? 
Um, I think he's calling it the Chaos Cup Demolition Derby. And yeah. it's run by the Zerpcast guys, Johnny and Extreme. And then who knows what else will be thrown around. But oh, I'm sure there'll be Salcon will be there with yeah. board games and with this many else. people this time, it's gonna be interesting because we're almost 130 people. And since it did sell out thirty. What is it? 152, bro. Was it 100? Dude, I don't remember. I can't keep track. You're right. 152 is signed up, and there is a waiting list, and I heard 100% there's going to be people there to take your spot in case you get too drunk or don't show up. And uh, for full clarity... Steve is having a stroke right now, folks. God, I wish. Put me out of my misery. Um, anyways, so for full clarity, I was one of the lucky people who was going to play. However, since it did sell out and I've played plenty of times and never won anything, I figured I would help out. So I'm going to be wearing my nice new fancy referee shirt. They got me a hat, which I guess I'll be wearing a hat for the first time. Well, second time in my life because we wore one to the baseball game that one time. Right. And then I'll have like a cool badge and all kinds of stuff. So I'll be there helping out and just kind of mingling around. Well, let's let's talk about that. We were we were both offered to like if you want to come up next year and just hang out for the event, I sure could use some help refereeing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we thought about it. And honestly, I said last podcast. I'll say it again. I wasn't planning on going. And then with this it's selling out and. You know, I already paid my ticket because I'd like to support the event and support Jeffro and yeah. the city of Chicago and all that because it's just such a fun trip in every ways. <laughs> every way. I love going up to Chicago, even though like everybody thinks it's weird that like I don't travel around Chicago and stuff. But anyways. Oh, well, we um, used to when we had more time. That's true. Um, you know, we decided kind of at the last second, like well. Let's try to make this happen. My buddy Gary got the bug as well. You know, I think that's from League Play. Yeah. Uh, he, he went out and bought a uh, new Chaos. He wanted to play, God. I want to say Chaos Pack, but it's Renegade. Chaos Renegades. And they look amazing. And he, oh, they look amazing. I mean, he paid quite a bit for them, but he got really good quality out of that. And uh, we've actually play tested some games and stuff like that. And, you know, we're big fans of second edition blood bowl you know yeah. that's where all the fluff came from the pete nifton stuff the stories everything our big uh 40 team 16 man league or 16 game seasons and stuff like that so he really wanted to like play the chaos all-stars at chaos cup and i said that's always been kind of one of my like fantasy bookings is like i will take the Chaos all-stars up there and i told we talked about how they arctic crag spiders won most casualties that one year and how cool that was mm-hmm see some of those second edition names and then that got us on a actually a big conversation about like if people struggle for team names just go grab one of those second edition names they're so good and fluffy and they just feel right so he decided he's taking the the chaos all-stars and um he couldn't fit morg on there so i told him just take an ogre and call him young morgan thorg (laughs) and um he said that I guess when he turned in his roster and had that name on his roster, I guess Jeffro had to clarify just to make sure like there wasn't <laughs> shenanigans or anything like that. And he's like, no, bro, it's just a w- rookie ogre. 
that's young morgue and stuff like that. You're not but, trying to trick people, are you? No. And so back in those times when we played second edition, I had the old Heim Ogres because we I've talked about this before. There was three of us. We played <laughs> 13 teams each, and we rotated the 40th team between us. And one of my teams was the Oldheim Ogres. And my second, like, we had your your priority team and your second priority team. So that was the Dwarf Giants and the Oldheim Ogres. Well, the Oldheim Ogres made the finals because we played them wrong, and we didn't even think about Snotlings being on them team. And we were like, they agreed that Skaven could be on their team. So back in the day when I we played... Would, I would gladly know, play a team of Ogres and Skaven. I mean, can you imagine... <laughs> I've got my four ogres, my four gutter runners, and my two throwers, so I guess I'm good. You know, you're supposed to have 11 players. No, I said I'm good. Yeah. Well, the, back then you had two on the field for an ogre. Yeah. So the team really was five ogres out on the field and a, a gutter runner, basically. And um, anyways, silly shenanigans. Uh, I decided to... I was kind of racking my brain on like, I want to play it kind of a team to try to win. Don't go for a gimmick like most casualties or something like that. Mm -hmm. Cause those things are so hard with 152. And then I started kind of stressing myself out for real, like worried about stuff. And, and I was like, you know what I'm going to take, I've taken ogres before as all snotlings. And I got to the stunty cup final and lost on or I tied that game, which yeah. lost standings. And then I took the ogre team where I let people run past me just to try to get casualties, which was an awful feeling. Yeah. So I decided since my ogre ranking is already kind of tanked, I'm going to go and take ogres and just try to win, do my best I can improve my ranking and not really care. Go for the event. Try to have some fun. I'm going to, I'm going to try to win because I always play to win. And, and in game I, four, when you're zero and three and pissed, are you going to quit? No, <laughs> I'm. I'm not going to quit. I know um, you won't. I, you know, if I could pull off a two-two and two, I'd be really, really happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when me and Gary play tested our games and stuff, we, <laughs> I got insane dice rolls against him. So he's convinced that I could maybe pull three wins off, and I said, "Bro, if I can pull three wins off." You're going to talk about a happy Scott after Chaos Cup. But anyways, I'm taking Ogres. That way there's there's no real pressure. It's yeah. fun. I'm still going to try to do my best. If I could somehow win Chaos Cup with Ogres, that's what I'm going to try to do. Dude, um, if that happens, you can pull off anyone. <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, that's, that's not going to happen. No, no. But it, if it, it did, happen. I mean, it shouldn't, no. Um, but... It's really weird. For the first time, I've play tested some for Chaos Cup, and, and uh, to round out the posse, our new favorite traveling mate, Matt Strickland, is going with us. Yeah, and I think he's taking Underworld, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I think he was no, he's, no, he's taking Lizards. I remember that he's yeah. been painting Lizards. I think to try them out for the first time. Yeah, so. and Chaos Cup is a good place to play Lizards. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I told I, him about my dodging lizards and how I was blowing people's minds. So <laughs> uh, we, we plan on me and Gary and Matt, I think, are all playing in the, the chaos race for the Speed Freaks thing that's happening Friday night. I am jealous I, of I, that. Those cars look amazing. Well, thank you. 
I'm sure that we're going to get our cars wrecked right off the bat and be out and just sit around and watch other people, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're doing some speed freak thing as well on Saturday if we feel up to it because it's going to start at like 10 o'clock at night, but Jeez. we'll see what happens. Um, but um, I'm taking five ogres or four ogre blockers, three of them with block, one with frenzy. And then I'm taking an ogre runt punter just so I can have the leaders access to the leader skill. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Carla Von Kill, or as I like to say, Zara the Slayer. <laughs> and um, it looks like nine, is it right? Yeah, nine little uh, knoblars or snotlings or whatever you want to call them. They're so, knoblars. So I have 15 guys going into it, one reroll, one leader reroll. We'll see what happens. It's not bad. I mean, we'll but see I, named, how it goes. I named my team the Old Time Ogres, so they are the second edition, and they're the closest I can get to. Like, I went through all the like Laura Nuffle stuff, and I yeah. picked out names of like Snotlings from back in this that time, and I picked out those, and then I took the Skaven names that I had for my Skaven characters, and <laughs> I converted them to Noblars. So okay. it's Scott's second edition Old Time Ogre team. And I'm kind of excited to play them. So are your ogres named like all the old ogres, like Throg and Mog and Morgan Throg no. and Thrick and Throg? And... What makes me mad is at some point there was a, an amazing name, or at least how my child brain remembers. Like I had a team captain, and he got killed like three games in. And, of course, I re- erased him off our piece of paper mm-hmm. and – you know, never used him again because he died. And then Crusher Von Kill actually became the team captain. He was an ogre blocker back in the day, and which is funny because there's a Carla Von Kill. So I always joke that like His they daughter. took, yeah. I mean, like they they listen to our podcast, and I'm sure at some point I mentioned Crusher Von Kill as my goofy child name, and then they made up Carla Von Kill, which is spelled with a K, just like his Crusher was spelled with a K, you know, so that's kind of funny. There's a character named Mellow Rigid Skin. I know these are like, you know, junior high names. Smiles Blood, Cranium Casket Burner, and there's a character named Hogarth Cuzcuz, which I thought I made up this stupid name. And then when I was looking up lore of Nuffle names for the Stotlings, I came across an ogre from the fluff named Hogarth Cuzcuz. So okay. I... I guess I pulled that out of like, oh, uh, he's supposed to be an old time ogre, so I'll use him. So I thought that was kind of funny. Hey, if it works. Yeah. Anyways, you know, <laughs> people uh, I think laugh at me because I, I told them like, there's I was stressing out about teams, and they're like, why you you do okay and stuff? And I'm like, but Kaska's cup is worth double points, and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, for your little <laughs> goofy rankings. If on the go, NAF that no one ever goes to or cares about except, like, five people. I know, but, like, you know, like, I haven't done bad with, like, Chaos except that one time at Chaos Cup mm-hmm. with Chaos. And it's, I'm still, like, I think below 150 with them. I mean, I've won a tournament with Chaos, and it didn't help me enough to even break the 150 mark. And I don't really care about it, but... I, I mean, I say that, and in the same breath, I kind of care. So yeah, I mean, I've I've shown you my record with stunties. It's not yeah, it's not good. Um, my stunty record, just any stunty team, including like the time I took lizards with no 
lizards, just the Soros and the Star or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have one win, three ties, and eighteen no, excuse me, sixteen losses. Wow, dude. So I'm good. Makes yeah, my record look so much better when I remove those from my overall record. Well, I think my ogre ranking is seriously like something like one ten or something ridiculous. I mean, it's. I don't know. I know my Amazons are still good because I've only played them one time in a tournament. <laughs> well, that might I mean, that, that... honestly, that'll change when the new ones come out. Not that we're hinting at anything, but just saying. You think you're saying you might play them when the new Amazons are released? I mean, if they're going to change the roster. Well, Which we'll I'm sure they will. That. I mean, it's GW. Why wouldn't they? Well, they don't want you to have your old minis, that's for sure. And they want you to buy the new ones, yeah. See, my record's not super terrible with Ogres. I mean, especially since like five of these losses were auto losses because I let people walk right past me to get casualties. Yeah. I'm five, one, and nine with them. But my Jeez. ranking <laughs> is like 117. Because they counted for double losses, you know, double loss points. But yeah, that oh, well. must be nice. So my goal is to like really increase this ranking because I figured like, I mean, is it possible to like gain points even for, like a tight loss <laughs> if you play somebody really good? You don't lose points. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, my was... one win with the Stunty team was Emerald City Cup two when I took the Pig Barter Knobheads. In 2016, I went one win, two two ties, and a loss. I got no I, award, but I had the highest stunty. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was the time it was like 105 in the store. Oh, you! I remember you talking about that. <laughs> you were there. Was I? Yeah. I I never went to an Emerald City Cup without you. I thought you took. Oh yeah, you went without me. Thinking you took pig barter to some. Oh god, it was hot that one day. Yeah, I I know. I remember now. AC was off. We had the fan blowing, and just like I was happy to lose one round because I got to be next to a fan. I think. I thought you took pig barter up to the Kansas City tournament that I didn't go to, like the Royal. No, that's where I took my stunty lizard man team. Oh, and I did. Okay. Still a bad, <laughs> bad evening for you. I, and if if it's stunty, I did not do well. See, that was Royal Open 2016, so same year, two months before, the Hypsabema Thunder Lizards. They are named for the Missouri State Dinosaur, and names came from a Wikipedia article. Nice. And I had, uh, let's see, zero wins, zero ties, and three losses. I think it's funny that we've uh, <laughs> down tangented off into something besides gas cup. Of course, yeah, we're, we're, ment- we're mental midgets. Um, I'm looking forward to chaos cup to just see people to eat some local food that we don't have here. That I'm sure if I lived in Chicago, I'd get tired of really quick. But I'm ready to have like Portellos twice and eat some pizza at least twice. And I want to. Have- Overweiss at least twice while we're there. I want so much to go to that steak place that's in the parking lot and get that 40 ounce, that $40 six ounce sirloin. We'll do it. 
I can't. I, there's no way. I can't pay forty dollars for a six ounce sirloin. Dude, somebody. It was at so good last time. Somebody at Cast Cup's gonna see you and go, Steve. I love you, man. Come eat dinner with me. I mean, it's probably Michael, but yeah. <laughs> he already <laughs> talked about going to Oberweiss. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. And it's gonna be so much better because last time I was there, there was no car, so I was just kind of stuck because you know Hess and I flew in. Mm. So yeah, when we went to Portillo's, it was or Patillo's, excuse me. Um, we almost got stuck behind because the bus didn't want to bring us back. Oh wow, it was weird. Well, that shouldn't be a problem now. I mean, our current plan that I know of is we're taking most of the trip on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to, quote, sleep in, which I don't know what that means exactly. But we're going to sleep in some, and then we should only be like two to three hours away from actual Chicago. Yeah. So we should hit some comic shops, I think is the plan, or what Gary would like to do. And then, you know, hit the hotel and kind of lounge around and see people and, mm-hmm. you know, hang out and stuff. So um, anyways, we're, Gary's really excited about it. You know, like he he got burnt out last time. Yeah, um, I can, I can play, see play, playing sevens, and that's the main reason I'm not playing sevens either. So, um, you know, just play some other games and then, you know, save your Blood Bowl for your the core Blood Bowl. I know some people can Blood Bowl 24 7. Hell, and like, that's, per- that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I can game, I can game 24 7, that's for sure, with other board games and stuff. So, well, I like get- I was talking to you before we started recording, I'm just happy that I'm going to be going someplace. That's 60 degrees out, and I can just relax. Yeah, if you're listening to this now, the temperature's supposed to be like 60 degrees, which old man Scott is going to be packing like, uh, you know, I packed a uh, knit cap and some long sleeve shirts because it's going to be cold to my ass, that's for sure. I'm going to love it. (laughs) Well, you can love it all you want because I'm sure I'll like it too, but I'll... I'll be wearing a lot of long sleeve shirts around. So, well, that's your loss. I know, I know. Yeah, see, uh, uh, highs in the seventy. Oh, high for sixty-two on Friday. High of seventy-four on Friday, Saturday. Oh, so it's changed a little bit. Um, but you know, oh, yeah. what day? So, Steve, you're not playing. Real quick, if you were playing, what were you going to take? Dude, I have no idea. Did okay, not give fair. any thought to it. Um, I've well, been... you knew pr- you knew pretty early once we decided we we're going for sure that you yeah. said I'll give up my spot if somebody really needs it. Yeah, and honestly, like I love playing, I really do. Obviously, um, but I can't. I know this sounds weird, but I can't, in good conscience, take a spot away from someone who enjoy playing more than I will. The fact that I'm just away, hanging around people I like. I mean, great friends I haven't seen in years will be there. And the fact I just get to hang out and be there is going to be more than enough. And you know how I am when, like, we have get-togethers and there's five of us and only plays four people. I'm more than happy to sit back and watch and just hang out. So I'll be doing that, and I still get to, you know, be able to drink soda, be able to walk around, say hi to people, answer questions, get into fights. You know, Steve's going to be my gaming cuck. I'm going to play games. I'm going to do it all in front of him. I'm going to say, you like that, don't you, buddy? And 
He's just going to be that, right? I guess so. Heck yeah. That's the attitude to have. Sure. You little gaming cuck. I don't... Did I ever tell you... I'm sure I have. Did oh I ever boy. tell you at work one time, back when I worked at Chickasaw Nation... Um, Here we go on the other tangent. <laughs> so... I Sorry. made a comment of... It was like me and like three women talking... And I made a comment of like, well, it sounds like you're cucking him. And they're like, what? What's that? And I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. I probably yeah, should not have said that in a work environment. Probably not. So I doubled down on it. I said, well, it's, you're cucking him. You know what that is? Like, no, what's that? So in falconry, whenever they're training a falcon, they put on that little helmet, the thing that blinds them. And it calms them down so they don't, they're no longer aggressive and they go to sleep. Yeah, that's cucking. So the falconer, whenever they call the falcon to them, they have it on their arm. They put the little uh, helmet on him. They've cucked him. Now he's docile and quiet and just hangs out there. And they're like, oh, I've never heard that before. I was like, yeah. I mean, every day you got to learn something new, right? It was one of my proudest moments in life. I, you I, wasted it on that. I got, there was so many good ones. We had a supervisor who used to like to come around and just talk. So I always played the game of how long can he get Bill to talk because he just loves to talk and he's a supervisor so I can't get in trouble. One day, he came by and he made some comment. Someone was talking about Shania or Prince. Probably about Prince because we're always talking about Prince. And... um. He's like, I just don't like people who use one name like Prince and Shania. It's just stupid. I go, excuse me? He goes, it's just stupid. I mean, why would you just have one name like Shania? It's a weird name. I go, so truthfully, it's Shania Twain. She does have two names, but Shania is unique, so she goes by that. However, we do work with Chickasaw Nation Industries, which is owned by the Chickasaw Tribe. You're being awfully racist with that comment. What? Well, Shania is an old Chippewa word that means wind. So, you know, she takes a lot of pride in her Chippewa native ancestry. So that's why she goes by that. And that's why she pu pushes it so much that she wants it out there so people know that she's part Indian or Native American or whatever. And normally this guy will not shut up and fights tooth or nail. He went dead quiet, walked away, and all my all the people around me were like, is that true? I go, N I, I have no idea. I know it's Indian for something. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Ah, Steve. Uh, I have a lot of stories about that job I could tell. But we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. we um, See, this is what happens. We talk yep. a lot in the first segment, in the second segment, and then we get to this point, and usually it's the shout-outs where we go off on a tangent, but we decided to do it here during the Cats Cup. It's also so, later than normally is. So That's true. So you want to Anyways, wrap this up? I, yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about Cats Cup except, um, you know, when you see me being grumpy, say, like, Scott, you told me you were excited to go to Chaos Cup and see everybody. And I will so. say this to everyone there. If you listen to the podcast and you want to say hi to us, please do. We are just as awkward as you might think you are. So, you know, we like hearing from people and we understand we had the same thing when we first met Johnny and Extreme and everyone. And 
you know, even the three dot block guys, first time we met them. So say hi. Yeah. All right. We will be back with some shout outs. It is indeed getting late, so let's go ahead and wrap this thing down with some shout-outs! Yuck-a-doke. First off, Darren Pretty has been going through a lot of our old podcasts and catching up on them. It's really cool because he's been commenting on ones on Facebook. Um, Yep. uh, So he wrote in a couple of times, and he sent us a video for how to do Warhammer transfers, which is handy. Another thing he sent in was talking about something fun that we could do in essentially like a preseason. So I'll just go ahead and read it. Okay. And it says Darren Pretty, but he signed it Darren T, so I don't that kind of confused me. Oh. Um, but he he's bored at a printing job, so he got plenty of time. Fun thing to try during team creation, adding to the early games. Who's the player out of the recruiting process and the training camp that is everyone is saying is the next future MVP? Will they live up to the most valuable player or be the most viciously punished on the way out the door? So he proposes roll 2d10. First die is the 10s place, second is the 1s. And if you get a 95 to 100 result, then your team has two possible MVP in training camp. Roll d16, or 2d16 depending on step 1. Check the list of players on the team, no repeat results. And just play some games now and see if anyone made the right choice in training by watching the specific player or players. So I thought that was a very cool idea. It just adds a little bit of extra flavor to the new team coming in. Like, you know, this guy was set up to be the MVP out of training camp. Does he live up to the hype? Hmm. Like, that would have been great back when Sarge was doing his reviews all the time. Right. So if you have a local league that's doing a lot of stuff like that, then if you want to incorporate that, just give some shout-out to him. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, I know he's been um, been really like. It almost feels like I, we paid him lately to like go online <laughs> and give us a shout out because he's been like going dropping in a lot of the Blood Bowl groups, going, "Hey guys, I've been listening to this podcast. It's really good, and mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate it." Um, but it, <laughs> I saw it so much, I was like, "Is this guy trying to get like a job with us or something?" <laughs> but it's just he found us and he's really enjoying it. So like uh, we really appreciate the, the you know shouting out us yeah on, sure. on the internet. So we appreciate that. Uh, next up, we've got Dan from Sweden, and he says he is a Swede, but he does not know our Swedes. So different well, circles. How come, how come he doesn't know them? I don't know. He like, needs to. There's probably like what thirty-seven people in Sweden. Think there's more than that, but yeah, I mean. Maybe 137? Sure. You should know him. We'll go with that. Um, but he did send in a request for you to possibly do a logo for him. Who knows if that'll happen. I know you've been busy lately. He also mentioned that he has been listening to the World Cup report and says it's been hard to find. Honestly, we've been waiting to for the rules to release, and we fully expected them to be released by now. So we don't know what's going on there. But we hope to have a new episode out soonish. Whoa, wait a second. The World Cup that's happening like in less than a year? Mm-hmm. No rules? Mm-hmm. For real? Yeah. And like registration probably opens up in December or something. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of okay. odd. So 
I've not been pushing. I've made a couple inquiries and helping things get changed, but we shall see. Okay. Um, next up. So Mark Berg is from Lawton. He reached out to us because of Nuffleween. I need to get back to him. Um, well, I don't know. I can't remember if I mentioned it, but I messaged. I ran into Mark Berg on the way back from Lubbock. Oh. I don't remember if I mentioned that in the first segment or not since we've been talking so long. But on the way back from Lubbock, we stopped at a comic store in Lawton and they were playing Blood Bowl. And then I was like, any of you guys happen to message the Both Down podcast? And they're like, well, that was me. Why? And I was like, I'm Scott Prime. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he, he lit up and like he was happy to see me. And That's awesome. So, um, yeah, he was like really excited about Nuffle Wing. So, we yep. are doing Nuffle Wing, guys. Yep. Uh, let's um, see. The, Go ahead. What was the date on that? Was that the um, 12th? Oh, are you, is that part of your shout outs? No, it I wasn't. But I mean, it's the 12th of November. 12th of November, Nuffleween. We are waiting. NAF official, like, hey, this is cool. But the rules have been submitted. We just got to get that approved. So come <laughs> out to Nuffleween. <sighs> it's I really possible. Like this is the last tournament we run this year. Last year I did Orchidus Open in December, which was a smaller, just kind of fun tournament for like charity and stuff. I mean, Still might happen, but I mean, I hell, we can, we can kind of tease it. Might be the last enough of Ween we do too. Who knows? Well, it is called the final to, cut. Yeah, according to the fluff of it, it is the last one, and so it uh, might be one of my favorite kickoff tables I've done. Yeah, Steve, uh, we'll talk about it in a yeah. future podcast, but he utilized all the old undead stars into the kickoff tables. It so. was your idea, but it came out really well. Oh, well you um, still did a good job. So we've got Joseph Shannon, which hopefully we shall be seeing in Chicago. He's flying in from California for his first major. But he Ooh. did want to get his Chaos Cup team both down approved. Oh, boy. You're going to either love me or hate me. Oh, he's going to hate you. Wotan's clan. Wotan's clan. Now, do you want what more race? information about it, or do you just want to go off that? I want to just hear the race. Um, Humans? Dark Elves? I think it's Norse. Norse? I would go off Norse. Oh, oh, yeah, it's Norse. It says right in front of it. Duh. I mean, like... It's my dyslexia kicking in. I thought it said name. It's just a Norse. Man, Wotan's I think you're, man. like, really stroking out tonight, man. Are you okay? I i don't know. Just text me. I mean, like, is he trying to say, like, Wotan is a, a place? Mm. I, I get that they're, you know, they're, like, I mean, there was an old, was it DC supervillain that was a... Uh, Wotan is Odin. Well, oh, is it Odin? Yeah, it's it's the other way of saying Odin, essentially. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was like a... So it's Wotan's clan. Do you want more information or do you want to just go off that? Odin's clan. Um, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll hear it out. And <laughs> It's a play on Wu-Tang. Player names oh. are Norwegian, Finnish, Swedish, and or Icelandic versions of the Wu-Tang clan members. Okay. And why he did not tell us who ODB is... I need to reply and find that out. Because hmm. there's nothing better than ODB. 
Old Dirty Ginger? That'd be ODG. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. That's still such a good name. <laughs> yeah, that's what you are in my phone. There's times yeah. where I want to quickly go to my phone <laughs> and text Steve, and then I have to remember, oh, yeah, he's under Old Dirty Ginger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not S. It, it's good. I also like Big Baby Ginger. I guess because of that old, like, DC villain. Yeah. Of Wotan that um, I always thought it was like a like a witch or a mystical person. So I mean, God. So, well, I mean that's true. Yeah. Wasn't there a Blood Bowl team called the Wotans from Second Edition? Well, I think there was something. Whipperton Wotans, if I remember correctly, it doesn't sound familiar. There we are, Whippertall Wotans. They were oh. a human team from Second Edition. And that was before they had Norse, though, right? Uh, no, Norse was around second edition. Was this it? is okay. Yeah. W U P P E R T A L Wotans. I believe they were in a Did You Know? And I think they were the guys who mysteriously got struck by lightning and all died. Ah, okay. If my memory serves me correctly. If memory serves. Um, I mean, I get it. He's going for the pun name of the Wu Tang clan, and we got cool little funny names and stuff like that. But. Steve's going to love this, and I'm going to say it's not both down approved. So, I am. I like it. I don't love it. I would love it if it was the Wotan clan. I see. I, no. I know you hate it because, but if it's just like Wotan clan, like Wu Tang clan, because it's not Wu Tang's clan, it's Wu Tang. I mean, this would have made me like the second edition guy in me, if this was the Whoopertal Wotan clan, I'd probably be like all down for this. And uh, so, you know, whatever. I mean, it, look, if it ultimately, if it makes you happy, that's good. Your name is not completely stupid in my opinion. So like, if I play you, at least I feel like I'm playing a blood bowl team. And I think w- the I, way that he actually, we'd have to see the player names, but I think you'd enjoy that. Oh, I, I like the pun name. So, like, that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm a big place mascot guy. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's not like it doesn't work. It's just, you know, if you really like want me to love it, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but I also don't hate it. Like, there's, I promise you, there's going to be way about one third of the names at Chaos Cup. I'm going to be like, oh, so oh, I yeah. had to play these guys. And, oh, I had to play these guys. And I'm going to hate every second of it. So next one, just real quick, Austin Faulkner. He's wrote in before, but uh-huh. he said uh, it's titled Host It and They Will Come. And he says, I believe in this. Went to a tournament Friday, Sioux City Sevens, on the 19th of August. And I was the only one there besides the TO. Faced the TO and won. Me, vampires, him, Amazons. I was driving home listening to your latest podcast where it was said, Host It and They Will Come. It made me chuckle. But not as much as Feed Me to the Wendigo. I don't remember that at all. Uh, one of us probably said, feed me to the Wendigo. I'm sure one of us did. He didn't just pull that out of his I, ass. But I mean, I used that phrase tonight when I was talking about like how I feel like I'm becoming an old subhuman. And I told Jen that like I'm going to live until like my sex drive dies. And once it dies, I'm going to go out to the forest. I'm going to let the Wendigo take me. So, okay. I mean, I, that sounds like something we've said at some point, either one of us. So, sounds, hey, sounds like you, you then. You know what? 
congratulations on winning your first tournament. And I don't care what anybody says. You showed up. You played the schedule in front of you. It's a tournament win, baby. Yeah. Take it. And honestly, like, even like we said in that podcast, he went to it because it was there. Maybe it's only one person this time. Maybe next time it's four people. Maybe next time it's ten. Who knows? Just got to keep yeah. doing it. I mean, somebody might hear this on this podcast and go like, oh, I didn't even know there was one in that area. Hell, if two people show up, I have a good chance of winning a tournament. Yeah. And then there's four people, you know, next time and stuff like that. I mean, one of my tournament wins is I. it was a round robin. I think it was round robin thing or whatever. It was one of the critter bowls. There's only four of us there. Mm-hmm. It's a tournament win, baby. <laughs> I mean, you showed up. You won all your games. Enjoy it. Congratulations. And then we've got an email chain with Ross Bunn. Uh, he wrote in about some changes to basically adding skills to throwers to make them not suck. And we kind of went back and forth. And I figured I'd... I sh- don't know if you've read it, but you can go back and read it all. I know usually you just wait until I bring it up on the podcast so we can get a fresh take. Yeah, I don't and, know if I've read this. And I'm going to do that now. So I made some ideas. And um, his final proposition was, what do you think about having a skill called wide stance that allows the throwing skill to be better by one for each turn they don't move? Weird. That, I mean, I get his idea. Yeah. Can you imagine they're trying to keep up with people and going, oh, no, oh, I no, I, Yeah. And that was kind of my thought with that, too, is when... Because his previous skill mentioned taking negatives to get positive elsewhere. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I like that. But once you start incorporating weird stuff like that, people start ge- getting odd about forgetting things and blah, blah, blah. Um, but as he pointed out, and we've mentioned, there just needs to be something done with passing. Don't know what it is, but, and Um, did you want to say something about it? Uh, no. Okay. I figured that we went over it, but I'm always open and I do enjoy hearing people's ideas to change. So, um, also he wanted to hear about our opinion about what possibilities with other chaos God teams there might be like Slanesh and Zetch and stuff. Okay, so you got, if you go traditional, old, like old school Warhammer, you had Mahal. I mean, you always had Corn, you always had Slanesh, you always had Zinch and Nurgle. I mean, uh, we've... There, there was a god named Mahal, and I'm trying for the life of me in this this moment to remember what Mahal represented. Um, Warhammer, I'm looking at it. Wasn't he all of them or something? What's that? Wasn't he like the head of them all, and then it split off? Uh, I don't have any understanding of it, so I'm let's see. just throwing. No, some I'm out looking there. it up right now. So just give me like a—he's one of the chaos gods. Now, I know in the chaos in the old world game, they wanted to add a fifth player, and they they used the horn rat kind of as a yeah fifth god. Uh, Mahal is known as the hierarch of terror and anarchy. The renegade god, the lost god, or the rejected god. He's a re- renegade chaos god who has turned against the others and is dedicated to their destruction. Well, they all want to kill each other anyways. Yeah. His followers are sometimes called the doomed ones. Seek out and destroy the followers of other chaos gods wherever they may be found. His sacred number is 11. And his sacred colors are white and black, often combined. 
Mahal is like every other of the dark gods, represents something, and he represents chaos indiscriminately, tendency towards destruction, hmm. even on oneself, one's agent. He hates the other gods of chaos and often acts against them even more than he acts against humanity or other species. I think we just found fluff. I think so. For my, for, for my next, whenever I do have a quarantine. <laughs> okay, so we have corn. We have Nurgle. We've got generic gods that can fill in for the other two. Most mm -hmm. likely, we'll get a Slanesh and a Zench team eventually because they're just too cool. And if they're going to make teams, why would they not do it? Now, those teams have been out there. You can find them on Fumble. You can find everyone's opinion on them. I think we did them on one of the old podcasts. But Mahal. Now, this god is more devastating to other chaos gods than anyone else. So what about a skill, since they like giving new skills to people, um, kind of like an anti-Nurgle rot, where, you know how Nurgle's rot doesn't work against people with Nurgle's rot or right. whatever it is, and how you can raise the dead on Necro teams where they can't okay. be too big or too small. So what about for Mahal, his team just has this random ability that if you're going up against someone favored of, since that's how they determine, you know, chaos gods now, it's all favored of whoever. If you're going up against a, another favored of that is not Mahal, or maybe it is, who knows. Mm -hmm. If you casualty them and you kill them, or no, as I'll say, they blow up and they take someone else with them. I think because it's extra. For a long time, and you're just now making up shit. Well, of course I'm making up shit, but I mean that would be a way to do it, or maybe like they get plus one to uh, injury rolls against other favorite of teams, hmm. something along maybe. those lines. But random chaos that could be an interesting thing for us to do in the future podcast. Um, Mahal was reintroduced in the Warhammer 40k universe under the name Malice. Wow. Is what this resource says that's not as cool um, so so anyways there, there's one of them i'm sure there's tons of other little smaller chaos gods and stuff like that, yeah so. and like you said the horned rat like, but i mean fancy, so. i don't i don't perceive us getting a mutated skaven team at any point even though i guess we could hmm. kind of like snotling but instead of to pump wagons you got to mutate i mean you you might numbers. really be right with this um you know i know we've gone off this tangent the next two teams we could get could seriously be zinch and slanesh and here's why i feel like i can say this without getting anybody in trouble i was talking to somebody who will remain nameless and this person told me that <laughs> I was bothering them for information about Amazons. Yeah. And they refused to tell me anything. And I was like, well, dude, it's been months now since we got pictures of them. I just want to know something, you know. And they still refused to do anything. Of give course. Me any information. But what they did tell me is the next two team releases are much more interesting than the last two we got. So I'll just Sounds leave like everybody. new teams then. Huh? Sounds like new teams. Or I mean it I mean people have been chomping at the bit for you know chaos dwarves and yeah in vampire uh, vampire and vampires. Yeah. 
So I'm saying my sources not gave me much information over the last like four or five years, Ooh. but but they have been semi accurate on like you know so, trust me you'll like this or trust me you won't like this. What if and, uh, the chaos dwarves are now favored of, and they are tuned to Mahal or you know Slanesh or Zench or something? Um, maybe that doesn't I don't seem know. to fit with the race as we know it. But also, halflings are now, you know, NASCAR fans. So, <laughs> right. Um, anyways, make Elderdorf great again. Woo! I just thought I'd throw that out there. So, you know, GW, rest assured that people on the inside they they know stuff, but they won't tell me because it makes me mad. Yeah. And two, yep. that they got me excited for the next two releases. So, anyways. Other than that, I'm ready to see anything about Amazon's though. Come on, GW. I'm sure Come we'll on, see we'll something soon. Long. But okay, well, that was a lot of shout outs. I did not check iTunes or anything, so if I missed somebody, I apologize. So I told my Canadian people, maybe online, <laughs> that like my kids would really like some ketchup chips, and they still would like that. But I was also told that there's these chips called All Dressed that are way better than ca- ketchup chips. You had some of those. So, I had them before. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, I guess I want both. If like somebody's sneaking across the border, bring me some chips. I'll pay you for it at Chaos Cup. You know, I'll I'll save them for my kids and stuff like that. But anyways. I mean, if we're putting in requests, I would Steve like Christy bacon dippers. Okay, they are bacon crackers. They are amazing. If you bring them to me and you would like to experience pleasure on another level. Get one a box of those and a bag of Doritos and combine them. What? And then Steve will give you a head. No. I mean, not for one box. I mean, three boxes you probably would. I mean, come on, it's three boxes. I mean, it's a lot of boxes. Food prices are crazy now. You got to do what you got to do. God dang it, they are. We we don't have enough time to talk about that. Sure don't. Anyways, (laughs) we're letting you know... um, Excited to see everybody. We will, and then we are going to come back with another podcast as soon as we're done with Chaos Cup to recap all that. So, yeah, we got to get that out fast. So, probably the beginning of the month. Yeah, but you start a new job working like super late hours. So, yeah, we'll figure we'll it out. So, all right, everybody from Scott and Steve, we'll see you at Chaos Cup. Come by, say hi, hang out, take a picture, give Steve some crackers, and he'll give you a head. No head. But yes, crackers. He would definitely give you a head for some crackers. Not one All box. Right. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm Addy 5G. That's Gangster for We'll See You Later. Wu-Tang forever. Wu-Tang Clan! You can follow Both Down on Twitter at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Real Scott Prime. And Steve at Kilowog2814. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. Yo, <laughs>
Dylan and Damon Elliott. We got all this shit, Dame Dash, put me on game, baby. Pimple licious style, Mason Gray, old dirty bastard. Who the fuck thought it would hit like this? What? What? Where's my chain, baby? Where's my chain? Oh, Good to you, down that amount. What you gonna do? Let's see hot dogs on the stick. We drink some living French trips over the back of the back. And the king size bed. Fit for clean. Let's do the do. Oh, listen, this is the old Warwick singing Deja Vu. This is a dream that I was through. Don't go breaking my heart. Don't go breaking my heart. I won't be breaking. Too hot for the tea, F U C N D. That's what you wanna do with your baby. What's that Let's go to the park after dark. Ride some seven and get on your knees. Be behind you, Tommy Doggy. Then go to the movies. I don't care which movie. I just wanna get some popcorn, make it salty. Typically, yes, I tend to just end the show after whatever random weirdness I put at the end of the end of the show, the whatever you want to call it. Um, by the way, if this is your first time hearing this, congratulations. Weird one to stick out. However, 
since you did stick out all the way through on this one, I'm going to reward you with just a little bit of whatever I'm doing right now. I don't know what it is. Just kind of rambling. But I cannot describe how much I enjoyed finding that song. I did not know it existed. I should have known it existed. Because I do truly, I truly love Old Dirty Bastard. I'm not going to lie. Like, I really enjoy the weirdness of his voice and the uniqueness of his sound and the the no fucks given type attitude that he typically portrays in his music. So I really do enjoy that. Macy Gray is the perfect foil for him because um, both people you kind of either love or hate. I'm not the biggest Macy Gray fan, but that was interesting. That was that was something. That maybe I texted somebody as I was listening to that. I was like, I may have found the best worst song ever. So I encourage you to forward this song on to other people. Make other people aware, have them listen to it, and spread the influence of my weird fascination with ODB. I don't know what you want to call it. Anyways, I appreciate you sticking out to the end. That was wild. Have a good one. See you in Chicago, hopefully.